home where families connect and memories are made. Find your new home with PenFed, a mortgage partner who brings confidence and value to your home buying experience. They offer low rates and no lender fees and can even help you find a real estate agent through their trusted partners. Let PenFed bring you home. Visit PenFed.org slash home or call 1-800-970-7766. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA, equal housing lender. Mr. President, could you tell us to what degree Gary and Shannon helped to shape your views on this national emergency? I, I would talk about it. Look, Gary Hoffman has been a terrific, terrific, I think he's a great guy. Shannon Farron. I don't know her. She's off the reservation, but anybody that knows her understands that. Gary and Shannon. They did a great report of me. I say, where the hell did that come from? So I just want to thank everybody. I want to wish Gary and Shannon. Great luck and speed and enjoy your life. And thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. Two things. Number one, I had a moment of clarity. You know, we can't always talk about things that go down off the air here because... Because <laughs> the FCC would not appreciate it? In general, decent people wouldn't appreciate it either. Right, yes. Um, but this morning, I had this moment of clarity. I'm sitting there in the office looking at my phone, and <laughs> you're leaving to go talk to Handle. <laughs> I sit out loud... Hey, have you seen the video of these two kangaroos? <laughs> two kangaroos fighting. But, just, but the best part was you were you had you had an out of body experience at that exact moment because you said, "Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Come take us over, China. We're yeah. ready." Like, Bring all your. I didn't even as the words were coming out of my mouth, I didn't realize it. Hey, have you seen the video of these two kangaroos fighting? Like. What? the hell what kind of brainstem am i Uh, what have i become what's the second thing the second thing is i'm terrified oh i got a third thing then okay but but go ahead i got a text message from a 650 area code that's bay area i believe san mateo yep and it says hi shannon it's justin with bernie 2020 (laughs) bernie has been fighting against greed and corruption for decades that's why he's the candidate i trust to take on the billionaire class and make our economy work for all of us uh are are you with it are you with me feel the burn and uh and even if i was kind of trying to figure out if i wanted to vote for bernie that would turn me off sure who the hell are you justin why do you know my name and how do you have my number right now the question I have is, what do you? How do you respond to that? Like I w- if anybody I really has an idea, know how of, he knows my name. If anybody has an idea on how to respond to that, I'd love to hear it because do you text back or does that give them the ping that they need to show that that's an actual working number and you're an alive person who will respond to things like a spam email, or is it so far advanced they know your name, they know your number that. Justin is a real person who will engage in a conversation with you about the the pros and cons of voting for Bernie Sanders. Well, and also it's Justin spelled with a J U S T E N. 
Is not it, a common spelling. T E N? J U S T E N, which sounds like a Bernie supporter, doesn't it? That's like Jared with two Y's. Yeah. Mm. You know what I realized is never mind, I'll tell that's not for that's not for public. We'll do that. You want to write that down? We'll yeah, do it let me in the write break. The, yep. Uh the third thing is tomorrow is our latest news and brews, and depending on how this coronavirus goes, may be our last. But the the news and brews in Rancho Cucamonga tomorrow will be doing the show twenty-four hours from now, ten until two, at HK's bar and grill there in Rancho Cucamonga. And oh, reminder, I gotta get that thing done. We are going to have more listener involvement, more of you people talking on the radio for us. Yeah, cocktails and more listener involvement sounds like a really good combination. Well, the world's ending. We might as well do. We might as well have fun while it goes. This is true. I mean, uh, there was uh, an alert from one of Obama's advisors this morning that we're, we're all panicking too much, that we need to take a collective deep breath and just calm down about God, like i said yesterday and i'll repeat this until we finally see this uh this thing start trending down i think having a little bit of fear about this stuff is healthy we're supposed to work that way there's an idea there's a reason why i scrub down this area every day i don't want what handles got i don't even know what it is maybe he's got a cold maybe he's got weird stuff i don't need any of that eggs he may he ate <laughs> eggs today I don't want eggs. I didn't. I didn't sign up for food. You know, right? That's not. Wait, my... Why are you standing up? I just realized you're standing up. Did I show you the chair? Wait, Corbin's in studio. That's not good. You know what? Wait. I don't want to talk to Corbin. I don't want to talk to Ann Carlo. No, 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 no. Corbin they, was not. They've been hanging out with with uh, these viruses. No, 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 no. He was not on the Air Force base with those guys. He was literally yesterday at the Air Force base, but he was not. In the same place as, the and then Ann Carlo met a guy at LAX. Talked to him from you to me. That's the stupid one. We won't have Ann Carlo in here. We can keep it. You the, know, we'll I I'd like to come window. up with an analogy for that the way Ann Carlo would, but I'll just call it dumb right now. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says there has been a confirmed person to person transmission. A woman in her sixties in Chicago. Got coronavirus while in Wuhan, but not from weird meat market or anything like that. It was person to person, they said, in her transmission. So we now have six confirmed cases in the United States of uh, coronavirus, this Wuhan variety. China is up over 8,200 cases. So we have officially passed the 2003 SARS outbreak in less than a month. Uh, yes, the, but it's not as deadly. There's uh, about a little over 100 and change, 100, uh, 132, I think, people killed. Oh, I'm sorry. Now you believe the Chinese government? I don't. Okay. Well, if you want to keep that number, that's fine. I'll I'll accept that what number. What do you think the number's more like? Add a zero. Really? I do. Again. Only 836, I think, died of SARS okay. in China. Okay. You think this is up to well, over the thousand mark? Even if you play percentages, right? Even if you play the percentage that this is has a lower fatality rate than SARS did, the fact that it's spreading faster means, or could mean, I should say, that the death toll eventually, the actual number will be much higher than SARS. Could, could happen. Again, I don't mind a little bit of fear. Alex Azar is the Secretary of Health and Human Services, was asked about all of this on uh, CNBC this morning. We've seen a lot of uh, selective 
flight restrictions from the airlines themselves. What would it take to mandate flight restrictions? Well, we're not going to take any public health options off the table to protect the American public. But I'm going to stop it right there because that's, I think, all you need to know. He just said we're not going to take any public health options off the table to protect Americans from the coronavirus. So all of the movies that you've seen about detention camps and uh, what would you call it? Um, Quarantine areas in airports or, oh, I don't know, Air National Guard bases. Those things are very, very real, and the government does not take those things off the table. If we start getting caught up in feelings over logic, this thing has a very real possibility of running rampant around the globe. That being said, I'm just going to wipe down this I thing feel, again. Does everyone feel a little yeah. sick when we talk well, about this? This is the best I part. Do. What I've noticed, what I realized yesterday when I was thinking about this driving home, We thankfully have not gone through a list of the symptoms that present with coronavirus. We have. Other than saying it's flu-like. I mean, it presents flu-like. But we haven't gone through this, you know, the basics. Because every time we do that, we both go. Well, and here's the thing. People are dropping like flies around here. Yesterday, Morgan left and she looked like she was hit by the, the... the, the plague of medieval times. She looked like one of those sick children. And then Mackenzie this morning had that same look about her. You see how pale that girl was? Yeah. And she's sick and she's leaving. And, and I mean, the, I don't oh, know if we've, right got, if we've got a flu going around here with the kids. Yeah. But uh, I'm staying away from, from everyone. Here, what I think is the worst part about this is that it's going to be warm this weekend. And for the first time, people are going to start feeling their allergies. Oh, My man. son, for example, woke up this morning with the stuff he knows. He doesn't have a cold, but he does have allergies on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So if people start freaking out because the allergies start hitting... People are going to be running in the streets with their pants off. I don't know what's going to happen. Running in the streets with their pants off? Is that what you You do do when you don't feel well? That's what I do when I'm scared. (laughs) Keep your pants on. Okay. Uh, Corbin Carson is going to join us. He has been at the tip of the spear when it comes comes to the coronavirus Can you do it from the other studio? We could we could keep him on that side of the table if you want. All right. And your chance at $1,000 also. I'm seriously like sweaty a little bit. Maybe. maybe What about all the people who are and brews tomorrow? What about them? Uh, Well, Oh, Shannon's going to freak out. Okay, the other and then thing. I'm flying. The I'm other flying thing about, to Miami. First of all, they're going to shut all the airports down by Saturday. So I'm going to be stuck in Miami. Or you'll be stuck in the plane. They'll shut the they'll shut Whoa. the airport down, and you'll have to land somewhere like in uh, on South Padre Island or something. That sounds like fun. Well, maybe not. So, uh, did you see that Twilight Zone? Anyway, that's. I'll, let's take a break. Where they're in the plane and they can't, the, like the, the earthquake hits or something. I forget what the disaster was. Was it Langoliers where they where the earth was being eaten? Something. Yes, that was a Stephen King. Oh. It wasn't Twilight Zone. Well, whatever. But anyway, alcohol takes care of all the coronavirus issues. Vodka issues. soda my way through this. We are not doctors, by the way, just to be clear. <laughs> oh, my God. These responses to the Bernie texts are hilarious. Apparently, I'm not the only one. Everyone's, like, chiming in with their text from a Bernie supporter. And this is the best response so so far. Uh, So it's that generic, hey, it's John with Bernie 2020. We're building a movement, blah, blah, blah. Are you in for Bernie? Scott writes back, no. 
The guy writes back, okay, I understand. Do you mind telling me who you plan on supporting? Scott writes back, probably your entire family if Bernie wins. <laughs> and then the bot that sent it broke down. Totally. Don't know how to respond. Uh, Gary and Shannon, KFI AM640 Live, everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Question and answer has uh, continued in the impeachment trial of the president, uh, where senators write down questions and ask them of the president's defense team and also the House managers. Uh, current one right now is given that the election is so significant, how much weight should the Senate give to removing the president from office and the ballot in the next election? So they get to argue that for a couple of minutes. The Boston Symphony Orchestra has canceled its upcoming tour of Asia because of coronavirus. They said the decision was made out of concern for the health and well-being of the musicians. We'll talk more about coronavirus here in just a second, but we got a thousand bucks to give away. Here's how you can win it. For your chance at a thousand bucks, text the nationwide keyword coffee, C O F F E E, to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's coffee to 200 200. Winners answer the phone, losers let it go to voicemail. Uh, probably going to be a 513 area code number that gives you a call if you win. So make sure you pick it up. You can listen every hour for the winning keyword 20 minutes after the hour between 520 in the morning and 620 at night every weekday here on KFI. Health officials are reporting the first U.S. case of person-to-person spread of the new virus. This latest patient is married to the woman in Chicago who got sick after she returned from a trip to China. This is the sixth case now in the United States. The other five were travelers who got sick after returning from China. So, yeah. Yeah. This isn't good. Corbin Carson <laughs> is here in studio, which I'm not for. I'm not for at all. Uh, you know, I care about you. Um, but but well, I well, also care about me. And I know you've been around coronavirus the past couple days. Look, I saw this first person-to-person <laughs> alert, and I thought, you know, I know you guys like to be close to the news. So what better time to come right. in? I haven't been in here since I first started like two years ago yesterday. Rule number one of reporting is don't make yourself the story, though. <laughs> well, That's you look true. the same. Thank you. Thank you. you It it has not worn on me. Um, So yesterday, the Coronavirus Express flies in. It was supposed to go to Ontario Airport. It eventually goes to March Air Reserve Base. Um, Everybody gets off the plane. And at this point, it appears the 201 people who were on board are healthy, right? Yeah. So far, everybody that that was on board was healthy. As we talked about, they, they were screened several, several times, both in China on the way out, in Alaska when they stopped for gas. And then when they landed, and now they're going under undergoing a 72-hour ev- intensive evaluation. That's going to involve laboratory tests sent to Atlanta. That's going to involve uh, regular thermometer checks, temperature checks. That's also going to involve you know a, an array of things before they can be released, quote unquote, uh, back into the public. But right. that doesn't mean they're leaving after three days. That uh, that could just mean that you know some of them have, uh, have have agreed to stay for the entire 14-day monitoring process. Because, I mean, what, what we've heard officials say is they are happy to be home. They want to know if they're sick. They don't want to, they want to know if their family is sick. And if they are sick, they don't want to give it to anyone else. Plus, you got to imagine if you do have this strange disease, where would you rather be than around the, the experts right. if, if you need help? Now, this is a voluntary, uh, uh, I guess, a hold. It's not really a quarantine. So they can leave if they want. You know, that was a, a lot of the discussion yesterday is they danced around that, they being the officials that were there, the CDC, the county health, et cetera, out, out in Riverside. 
But yes, uh, I mean, after we kept asking and asking and asking, so can they leave? The answer is yes, but they really can't. At one point, you know, <laughs> y- you see them right. say, hey, if they'd make the decision to leave, they're on an, uh, they're on, they're in the middle of a military base. This decision would have to be discussed with officials about what their, uh, their, their risk to the public would be. And that decision on whether or not they could leave even though it's voluntary, would go up to the highest levels of the government. So are they just like in a giant warehouse with cots and stuff? Well, they're being kept. Yes. Yes. Okay. They're being kept away that from all. That sucks because like what if uh, the majority of them are healthy and, and there's like one? two of them in there that, that aren't? Well, they did say, and I think you referred to this, they, the, the screening that they're undergoing at least for these first 72 hours, is periodically throughout the day. I mean, right. that they hope that if someone is infected with it, they'd be able to catch it at the very early signs and then shuttle that person off to, Correct. you know, an island. And, and or so, I don't know. And, and keep in mind, they were monitoring and watching these people on the plane throughout. This, this was constant surveillance. And, and what's interesting to me is there's a lot of hubbub about this. But this is way more than the flights that are still continuing, even though there are airlines that have cut it down. There are countries that have said no more. There are still flights, you know, coming into LAX and, they, you know, they hit you with the thermometer. They give you a questionnaire and then they say, welcome to America. You yeah. know, so. which is a lot of trust that we're placing in the people who are coming in from China to, to be honest about that stuff. Correct. So I wouldn't I mean, if you're coming here, if you're coming home, for example, from Wuhan, China, you're not going to want to voluntarily say, oh, yeah, you know, stick me in a hospital, a quarantine for a couple of days while I work out whatever bug I caught. Did you guys see all the videos from China of people that are basically told there's like locked down in their apartments and whatnot? And they're trying to, like, make it fun for the kids. Yeah. So they're doing different games and stuff like pass the time because we're stuck in our house for two weeks. I also saw the one where you see the whole city at night and you can hear everyone chanting. I can't remember the phrase that they're chanting, but it's kind of a we are strong type chant that you can hear because the city is just on lockdown right now. All right. Well, if any of them show up with coronavirus, will you let us know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Thank you, guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right. God, I seriously feel a little sick. All right. Uh, When we come back, it looks like the impeachment trial of President Trump appears to be winding down as senators begin a second day of questioning both Mm. sides. We'll have all the latest when we come back. My favorite part is Alan Dershowitz saying, that's not what I said. And even if that's what I said, that's not what I meant. Yeah. Explain that whole thing. You know, when you flip like that from 98 to 2020. You're in trouble. Pick a new argument. Gary and Channel will continue. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Coming up after Chris's news at the top of the hour, an update into Kobe Bryant's death investigation. Uh, Also, Jeannie Buss talking today on social media for the first time. Um, Did you read through Vanessa Bryant's? Instagram post I did. yesterday. I did. It was hard to get through. It really is. <clears throat> Both uh, of them. We'll talk about that. Of course, the uh, the Lakers play tomorrow night at home against Portland, and then they're on the road Saturday night in uh, Sacramento. And as of yet, we haven't really seen plans of any kind, at least none announced, for some sort of a commemoration tomorrow before the game, during the game. Uh, it's going to be an incredible Whatever happens, it's going to be an incredible scene at Staples Center tomorrow night. 
uh, when they get through that. And we'll talk more about that coming up at the uh, top of next hour. Also, a news and brews coming up tomorrow. We're going to be live at HK's Bar and Grill in Rancho Cucamonga. Doing the show from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. That's usually when we do it, Victor. And the social media, uh, all of our information is up on social media. You can find it at Gary and Shannon. Also, on our website, if you go to KFIAM640.com and use the keyword Gary and Shannon or look on air, you can see the tab with our uh, names on it. There's information there about how to get to HK's Bar and Grill on 19th Street there in Rancho Cucamonga. The special is going to be up uh, tomorrow as well. So great time should be had by all. Feel free to wear a mask. I'm not saying you have to. You don't, you know, it's up to you. It's totally up to you. Don't come if you're sick. And don't come if you're sick. Because if you're sick, if you cough, if you have a wet, productive cough, oh. I will personally ask you to leave. From across the room, but I will ask you to leave. Alan Dershowitz is yes. in some hot water. He is, of course, a member of the president's impeachment defense team, and he is now saying that his sweeping argument against conviction in the trial was misunderstood. <laughs> he said that presidents cannot be removed from office for an action they believe could help them get reelected. Yeah, his he was responding to a written question from one of the senators. Ted Cruz. And um, this was the part that got him into trouble. Every public official that I know believes that his election is in the public interest. And mostly you're right. Your election is in the public interest. And if a president does something which he believes will help him get elected in the public interest, that cannot be the kind of quid pro quo that results in impeachment. Okay. I'm only playing that part of it. There are, you know, it's uh, the context of it. He was referring to three different uh, types of interest, the national interest, the personal interest, and the financial interest. He said that a quid pro quo that involved an illegal act or was done for personal financial gain would be impeachable. Right. Yeah. Now, (laughs) the way that this has been handled is newspapers, websites, have been writing down verbatim what we just played you. And Dershowitz has been saying that the answer that he gave was willfully distorted. And he said in a tweet, they characterized my argument as if I had said that if a president believes that his reelection was in the national interest, he can do anything. I said nothing like that, as anyone who actually heard what I said can attest. So believe it, do what you want. I played it for you. You can hear it. But if a president – again, this is what he said. If a president does something which he believes will help him get elected in the public interest, that cannot be the kind of quid pro quo that results in impeachment. Um, What There's a couple things about that. First of all, I don't understand why he's arguing against impeachment there. He's smart enough to know the president's already been impeached. You can argue against removal. That's what I think Alan Dershowitz needs to keep in mind. Although it's a weird technicality, that goes a long way to making sure that the people who are sitting there as your jurors, in this case, the 100 senators, they believe you know what you're talking about. Well, they are fighting over this right now, taking more questions from senators in the impeachment trial. Adam Schiff slammed the argument that the president did not commit impeachable offenses in his dealings with Ukraine. He called it the normalization of lawlessness. And then Trump's attorney, uh, Jay Sekulow, 
accused Democrats of trying to take the vote away from the American people in the upcoming presidential election. So it's just a lot of back and forth right now. The other uh, angle to this has been, you know, the bubbling under of uh, or of John Bolton, whether John Bolton, the former national security advisor, would be testifying as a witness in the impeachment trial in the Senate. And because there is a belief that the he would testify, the president told him specifically, I'm withholding military aid until the Ukrainians announce an investigation into Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. The president tweeted yesterday, I should say retweeted, a an interview that John Bolton did from back in August, if you haven't seen it, seen where he describes the the July I, I, phone calls. I will be meeting President Zelensky. Uh, he and President Trump have already spoken twice. The uh, uh, president called to congratulate President Zelensky on his election and then on his success in the parliamentary election. They were very warm and cordial calls. Uh, we're hoping that... Uh, they'll be able to meet in Warsaw and have a few minutes together uh, because the success of Ukraine uh, maintaining its freedom, uh, its system of representative government, uh, a free market economy free of corruption, uh, and dealing with the problems of the Donbass and the Crimea are uh, high priorities here, obviously, but high priorities for the United States. The president retweeted that video last night with the words game over because uh, John Bolton spoke so positively about the phone calls, including that July 25th phone call that everybody has uh, been losing their pants over. Have you heard of this book coming out called American Dirt? It follows a Mexican mother and son fleeing drug cartel violence. Oprah picked it for her book club. You know what that can do. A lot of advanced praise for this. It was called A Grapes of Wrath for Our Times. Well, now there's death threats against the author. And so they've pulled the book tour because of these specific threats. We'll talk about it and why people are upset when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Looks like there could be some legislation due to the helicopter crash in Calabasas that killed nine, including Kobe Bryant and his daughter. We'll talk about it coming up at the top of the hour. Swamp Watch comes along at 1230. We'll get back into the uh, Senate impeachment trial and the question and answer session. They are doing, continuing, I should say, their 16 hours of questioning of uh, the legal teams on either side. Senators are. After this, tomorrow is expected to be the vote on witnesses, the, at least the discussion thereof, and uh, deciding whether or not they're going to bring anybody else into the chamber to testify in this case. Tomorrow is also our news and bros. HK's Bar and Grill, Rancho Cucamonga. That's going to be a lot more fun than arguing about witnesses in the Senate. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at HK's Bar and Grill on 19th Street there in Rancho. American Dirt is the name of a highly anticipated book that has just been released. There was a big book tour that was planned as well. Oprah picked this novel for her latest book club pick, which just means that it's going to take off like wildfire. The book is about a Mexican bookstore owner who migrates toward the U.S. border with her son after her journalist husband and other family members are killed by a ruthless drug cartel. It is a work of fiction. however. The author is getting a lot of heat. 
so much heat that she's getting death threats that have led to the cancellation of her book tour. Janine Cummins rent, spent these five years, right? She describes herself as white and Latina. Part of the criticism of this is that she got a pretty healthy advance for this book, something that other – I don't know how to pronounce this. How do you pronounce that word right there? How do you pronounce that? Lat- Latinx? Lat- I don't know. Latinx? I don't know. Is that – I don't know what that is in reference to. Lat- oh. Latin X. Okay. So she as a – Is that like not doing genders? I think so. Okay. So we're Uh, not doing Latino or Latina. We're doing Latinx. Latinx. Okay. Uh, So she describes herself as white and Latina. Got a big advance. One of the criticisms is that the publishing industry, as whitewashed as it is, does not give advances like that to someone who is full Latinx author. Uh, According to the latest diversity survey from Lee and Lowe Books, 80% of books, publishers, and agencies are white. Latinos make up 6% of the industry as a whole and 3% of the industry's leadership. Um, Here's another problem. The publisher kind of sold this thing as a novel that defines the migrant experience. They also used her formerly undocumented husband in the marketing of the book. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, he's from Ireland. So that's a little different than how they're trying to sell it. That is a different migration story. Now, I think that they have... I hope that the problem is with the publisher's description of the book and using the undocumented husband from Ireland is trying to sell it as the problem and not the fact that a woman who may not have had that experience writes this book. Because, I mean, if you look at authors, who's had those experiences? I mean, if we're in a place where we can only have authors that write books true to their own experiences, that sucks. I've said that a lot today. Right. But listen, I mean, we've had the arguments before in, in entertainment. Can Daniel Day-Lewis, in my left foot, play a man with a severe handicap? Yes. Clearly he can. He won an award but for it. But in 2020, there would be people saying, why don't you have an actor that has this disability play the exactly. role? Now, and that's just not a great place to be. One of the other criticisms was at the um, at a party for the book... The centerpieces at the dinner were concrete blocks wrapped in barbed wire. See, this is all the publisher. Right. This is not her. In no. fact, in, in the um, at one point in the book, I think this is in the afterword, she agonizes, Janine Cummings does, she agonizes about being not the right person to write the book. Her quote from the afterword, I wish someone slightly browner than me would write it. But said, I felt like I had a moral obligation to tell the story. It's What's one, funny, I mean, this is from the New York Times review of it. And they say they say generally it's a it's a nice story. It's just that she's not a good writer. That was their criticism of the book. Not that it, she wasn't the right person. She already say, stated that. Eighty three prominent writers from diverse backgrounds have signed a letter addressed to Oprah, urging her to rethink her promotion of the novel. The other thing is. What would be more powerful is if they could point to a handful of books that may come from Latino, Latina writers who maybe have had more experience with this particular life experience. That's whose books did not get the uh, the, the stamp of approval. Right. Like the same book, but coming from somebody who's more 
who's more, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Rooted in the uh, actual events, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the controversy around this hit close to home because Romans uh, was supposed to host Janine Cummins, I guess, on Monday I love night. Romans, by the way. Um, the, she had another event that was planned, I think, for La Jolla this week that had to be canceled. I don't know. If, I think that was last night that that was a, that one was supposed to be canceled. So the whole thing has been canceled. I want to read to you though the last paragraph. Again, this is the uh, the New York Times review of this book called American Dirt. Uh, because it, t- it takes an interesting tack to it. There are other people who are very critical of the fact that this woman wrote this book. This woman who describes herself as white and Latina wrote a book about the Mexican experience of migration. This is, uh, again, New York Times. But does the book's shallowness paradoxically explain the excitement surrounding it? The tortured sentences aside, American Dirt is enviably easy to read. It is determinedly apolitical. The deep roots of these forced migrations are never interrogated. The American reader can read without fear of uncomfortable self-reproach. It asks only for us to accept that these people are people while giving us the saintly to root for and the barbarous to deplore and then congratulating us for caring. Listen, that that's who's going you're, – you're producing something of entertainment. And while entertainment – has a great power to educate people. I don't know what the expectation is. You know, if how many times do you sit down and watch a documentary about how bad American food is for you? Who wants to feel that way? Who wants to feel guilty when they're watching entertainment like this or reading entertainment? And I think they're saying that the best type, the best type of entertainment, is the kind that makes you feel guilty after you read it or watch no. it. No, it's not. No. All right, coming up next, Vanessa Bryant puts out her statement on social media. So does Jeannie Buss. Also, it looks like we may have some legislation related to the crash that killed nine on Sunday in Calabasas. We'll talk about it next on Gary and Shannon. Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Tomorrow is the big day. Join us. It is our first news and brews of 2020. We will be out at HK's Bar and Grill in Rancho Cucamonga. It's going to be a lot of fun. Wear your masks if, you, if, if you're germaphobe. Uh, but just come out and have a good time. You know what to do. Lie, cheat, steal. Call in sick. Remember the golden rule of calling in sick. Nobody asks a follow-up if you say you have food poisoning. No one's trying to hear details about that. No one says, how do you know? What are your symptoms? Trust me. I know. And maybe flush the toilet while you're on the call. Health officials are reporting the first case of person-to-person spread (laughs) of the new virus from China. The latest patient is the husband of that woman in Chicago who got sick after she returned from a trip to China. This is the sixth such case in the United States. Um, my wife, my wife 
was in a hospital setting yesterday, I'll say that, volunteering at a hospital. It's a big one. Mm -hmm. And she asked me to Silkwood style scrub myself down before I came home today. Because of all the people around here. Because everybody in here. And I want you to tell everybody what she said because it is accurate. I said, wait a minute. You were the one who was at a hospital with a bunch of sick people yesterday. And she said, I trust a hospital of sick people over radio people any day. And it's totally true. She's not, she's right on that. Radio people are terrible. Just terrible. Bottom feeders. At the bottom of the hour, we're also going to get an update on that apartment fire from yesterday. It was burning right at about this time uh, over in West L.A., just west of the 405. We'll talk about what uh, we know about how things went. Uh, incredible moves by the uh, fire department yesterday. They said and it, L.A. County Sheriff to pull people off of the roof. Yeah, they said at noon they're going to hold a news conference. Oh, they are. And the firefighters who were involved in that aerial ladder rescue will be available for interviews. How are they going to fit them on camera? They're going to get so much tail. Um, Wait, I'm not supposed to say that anymore, huh? Also coming up, we've got strange science. Oh, yeah. Some fascinating stories to tell you about there. And Tech Talk, because it's Thursday. The the news about Kobe Bryant has not gotten any better. Uh, There will be a heavy weight that will not lift for some time. Tomorrow night is when... The Lakers will play their first game since his death. They're playing at home against Portland on Saturday. They go up to uh, Sacramento. And th- I've already seen, uh, you know, if you've been watching any of the coverage of Super Bowl festivities in Miami leading up to Sunday's game, Kobe is front and center. Not a football player. Just the fact that this is a, a sports world where the attention of the sports world is right now. Uh, this is an opportunity for people to share their thoughts about Kobe, uh, their their memories of him. Shaquille O'Neal apparently does an annual Super Bowl party. I've never been invited, but but it's usually a charity event. And he posted, Shaquille did, that he was kind of going back and forth about whether he should just cancel the event altogether. It's immeasurable how many athletes, professional athletes, Kobe Bryant inspired to be great. It's that mentality that he had that makes him a crossover star. Um, He is probably the most celebrated athlete across all professional sport platforms because of the mentality that he taught these guys was in girls was necessary to win championships. You know, it wasn't his size. It wasn't his speed. It wasn't his physicality. It was the heart and the hard work that he put in every single day. And when he would go address teams, he would talk about it and he would say what it took to, to be great. And it took the extra effort, the extra mile. And, and when athletes heard what he put into it to get all those championships, to get all those MVP awards, to win the Olympics, they took something from that and it helped them in their own personal careers. It, the, the thing that I keep hearing repeated is that even as he got later into his career, played into his 30s, late 30s, he was still calling people, greats, Julius Irving, whoever. And at the age of 35 was still trying tweaking. to... Still yeah, tweaking his Perfecting game. his footwork. Right. I mean... 15 even, years in the league or whatever, and you're still trying to get better. Yeah, he's climbing up the ladder of all-time scorers, and he's still thinking to himself, I can do better, I can be better. 
just it's just a mentality that was was admirable. Now, his wife, for the first time, made any sort of public move and what was kind of just a sign of the times. She changed her Instagram photo. Uh, the the I don't know what you the avatar her whatever. She changed her photo to a photo of Kobe and their daughter Gianna, and she clicked the little switch from a private account, which she had forever, to a public account. And posted. everybody started mining that Instagram account and all the pictures. If you were on social media yesterday, you saw so many videos of Kobe with his girls and with uh, Gigi and her sisters. And it, it, each one just rips your heart out more than the next. So when this was published, when, when she posted um, her statement... My girls and I want to thank the millions of people who have shown support and love during this horrific time. She had at the time only a couple of thousand followers, but she went public this morning. Or sorry, last night she had two million followers. This morning she has seven and a half million followers from people who were that impacted that they want to see what it is. The statement's been – you don't have to go on Instagram to read her statement. It's been published all over the place. People yeah. copied and pasted it because it's such a beautiful statement. But the fact that people want to be involved with her and that in this capacity um, is evidenced by the fact that she has seven and a half million Instagram followers over the course of 24 hours. Part of the statement was this. There aren't enough words to describe our pain right now. I take comfort in knowing that Kobe and Gigi both knew that they were so deeply loved. We were so incredibly blessed to have them in our lives. I wish they were here with us forever. They were our beautiful blessings taken from us too soon. I'm not sure what our lives hold beyond today, and it's impossible to imagine life without them. But we wake up each day trying to keep pushing because Kobe and our baby girl Gigi are shining on us to light the way. She did say also that the 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 family, they considered it family, the other people who were uh, killed in the crash, to honor the family. The Mamba Sports Foundation has set up something called the Mamba on Three Fund to help support the other families that were affected. And they have, she asks that you go to mambaon3.org to help donate and help the other families. Clearly, Kobe's family can financially handle whatever is about to, to, to befall them, I suppose. But some of the other families might not, and they've asked that, they, that you go through that. The other thing is that Jeannie Buss uh, has made a statement for the first time. Jeannie Buss, who, for the most part, I've heard her described as having a brother-sister relationship with Kobe because, in all honesty, one of the longest tenured Lakers ever. And to have gone from a kid to one of the greatest players in the league and always done in a Laker uniform is significant. This is hard to get through, too. Part of it, I'll just read part of it here of Jeannie Buss's statement. My father loved you like a son, which makes us family. When you invited me to lunch shortly after my father passed away, I was struggling to find motivation and purpose. Kobe, you brought Gianna with you to spend some time with me. You explained that you wanted to show her that women can be leaders in the NBA just like the men. At first, it seemed like the action of a devoted father setting an example for his daughter. But in actuality, and I'm positively sure you knew exactly what you were doing, what you did was give me the inspiration and strength I was searching for. Um, she goes on towards the end to say, Kobe, that's what made you so unbelievably special. You not only inspired us toward greatness, you showed us the way. 
Um, she also lists the Mamba on three.org place that you can go to help further Kobe and Gianna's legacy in youth sports, the Mamba Sports Foundation as well. Um, and then posted a picture, I guess, of she with Kobe and his family at a, I think, the All Star game a couple of years ago in Toronto. So um, we do not know any plans yet for the memorial service or even what the Lakers are planning on doing tomorrow before the game, but you can bet it's going to be an emotional time for a lot of people um, as the Lakers take the court tomorrow night for the first time since his death. All right, coming up next, facial recognition. This is weird. Why would college campuses be using this? Well, they say it's to increase safety in dorms and to keep bad people from setting foot on campus. I don't know if I believe that. Also, your chance at $1,000 coming up next. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. Oh, Steve. How dare they? Now, I know they're not listening, but I feel like everybody who works on their show is listening. We're idiots. Gary and Shannon. KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app Thursday, January 30th. Reminder that tomorrow is our next news and brews. We're going to be live at HK's Bar and Grill in Rancho Cucamonga from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. Apparently, uh, we begged and begged and begged Harold over and over again to let us back in, and he's uh, excited to have the show back. At least that's the word that is written down there. Um, We will have specials tomorrow. Of course, uh, all those great burgers that are on their menu that we're going to try to plow... We may try each one. We may try each I'm one. Not, I'm not above it. Uh, I was watching my 600-pound life last night. To warm up for it? Yep. Again, tomorrow, 10 a.m., 2 p.m., HK's Bar and Grill in Rancho Cucamonga for our latest news and brews. we got a 1000 bucks to give away. Here's how you can win it. For your chance at a 1000 bucks, text the nationwide keyword... Talk, T-A-L-K, to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rate supply in this nationwide contest. That's Talk to 200-200. And remember, you got to pick up the phone. If you don't, your money goes bye-bye. It looks like it'll be coming from a 513 area code. Your next chance to win $1,000 is next hour and every hour, 5 a.m. to 620, Monday through Friday, here on KFI. Some colleges have been using facial recognition technology as a way they say to increase safety in dorms, keep expelled students, former employees, registered sex offenders, and any unauthorized or unwanted peoples setting foot on campus. However, but but it's, uh, you know, there is a digital rights group called Fight for the Future, and they say the risks of this far outweigh the benefits. They've put out a scorecard to grade which schools are weighing those risks appropriately. Some companies have already suggested that this would be a great way to track classroom attendance and resident assistance. I assume that's like resident advisors to track them. Um, They're also saying that if a student in a college environment feels like they're being surveilled, That could lead to a chilling effect on freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, and freedom of religion. This I don't agree with. I don't agree with that statement because how many freedoms have teenagers already given up because they're chained to their phone the whole time? Yes, but it's not. They're used to being listened to, watched. Right, but it's not – 
I don't want to say government. It's not. It's Big Brother. If your school's keeping an eye on you, that's and then and then what what do they get to do with that data? Do they get to sell that data so they know where you go after class and where you can be targeted for ads and all of that? I mean, that it's I just could, a slippery slope. That I could understand, but again, they're used to that. I mean, but they how don't many times- know that. Here's the thing. Kids are on their phones all the time. Right. They're being tracked, but right. they don't know it. They, they don't want, want to sign off on giving their university the ability to know where they are at all times. Fight for the Future, this uh, this digital rights group, has teamed up with a nonprofit called Students for Sensible Drug Policy, which doesn't make sense, to create a scorecard with information on fake facial recognition use at 100 top colleges around the country. Um, when you look at local colleges, for example, UCLA – is using facial rec- uh, recognition. USC is using facial recognition. Wow. A couple other schools have said that they will not do this. UC uh, Santa Barbara is one of them. UC San Diego, UC Irvine. They all say they will not be using facial recognition for, for I mean, even for safety reasons like this. It looks like Stanford and USC have allowed facial recognition enabled kiosks for ordering food. That is that to me is where I start drawing the line about, you know, paying with your face. Well, I open my phone with my face and I can pay with my phone. Poor phone. Sorry. That was so unnecessary. I know. Did somebody hurt you this morning? No. Because hurt people hurt Hurt people. people. I get it. Are you sure? Well. Tell me. No. Let's just work through our emotions and then we can put them to bed. Um, University of San Francisco used facial recognition but has since given up on it. Uh, It has not formally committed to swearing off in the future. Recordings of students at University of Colorado and Colorado Springs have been used to improve facial recognition systems. The um... (laughs) I didn't know your face was 10 out of 10. What? I mean, if we're going to be critiquing each other's faces, I didn't know we were going to do that. I didn't know that your face was perfect and that you got to make fun of mine. But if that's the kind of day we're going to have, then I'm glad I know that moving forward. This is the dumbest show. I know. Hey, did you see that video of the two kangaroos fighting? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Well, at least we don't have coronavirus yet, like Chris and Carlo. It's a matter of time, though, isn't it? Feels like it. Um, <laughs> you're like the you're panicking more than anybody else uh, that I know of. I mean, I think that you're convinced that this thing's going to really take off. I just don't want it to blow through my house. Well, of course not. Okay. Well, and then because of that, I'm going to be careful. But you are more in danger of the just everyday flu blowing through your house. Why? Because people here have it. Oh, that. At least two people I know have gone down with what appears to be the flu just by looking at their faces in the past two days. Oh, Mackenzie was still walking around here a second. Barely, barely walking. She's, she is not that pale of a person. Do we have a wheelchair anywhere? We could just kind of push her out onto the sidewalk. We have a scooter. Can throw her on there. It's not going to work. I think I remember a walker about a year back. There was a walker. There was a wheelchair, too. I just don't know if it's still in the building. I don't think so. 
All right. Chris Ann Carlo is going to join us in a few minutes. Uh, he was out covering the Barrington Place fire yesterday over in West L.A. We'll talk about uh, whether it was started by coronavirus or not. <laughs> Gary and Shannon. Get a credit card that gives you what you need now. A low interest rate on everyday purchases and place to transfer high interest rate balances. The PenFed Gold Contactless Card is our lowest interest rate credit card. You can even earn a $100 statement credit when you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days. Join PenFed and together they can help you keep more of what's yours. Visit PenFed.org slash gold card. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. John Roberts has two, two, huh? I think he's got two. Do you think they're different sizes or the same? Like for when he's maybe around the holidays, feeling a little heavier, like a large and an extra large, or do you think he just has the standard? I think he's about a forty-four long. He looks like he's about Nick's size, right? Yeah, you're right. Uh, I think that's how they size robes. Is he wearing pants or no pants? In the Senate, pants. When he's on the uh, on the bench at the Supreme Court, Bermuda shorts. Did you see this, by the way? Uh, we're talking about the uh, impeachment just really quickly. Senate impeachment trial that's going on. The questions have to be written down, handed to the Supreme Court justice, uh, chief of justice of the Supreme Court, who then reads them out loud, and then the attorneys have a chance to answer the questions. Rand Paul twice has submitted a question that twice has been turned down by the chief justice because apparently the chief justice believes that it may somehow delve towards the identity of the original whistleblower. We haven't heard that term in a while. And Rand Paul is pissed. And one of the things you're not supposed to do while all of this is going on is talk to reporters First thing he did was he ran out of the Senate chambers and talked to reporters. When we get to uh, Swamp Watch, I'll play for you what he said. I have an urgent coronavirus update, guys. Oh, let's play the corona song then. Yeah. Where is it? I don't know, but we'll we'll edit in post. We'll, okay. We'll throw one in. And... Riverside County public health officials have issued a quarantine order today for one of the roughly 200 passengers who arrived in Riverside. I knew it. Because the person tried to leave the base. We were just talking to Corbin about this. The official said this action was taken as a result of the unknown risk to the public should someone leave early without undergoing a full health evaluation. Y'all ever watch World War Z? They said it was voluntary that they stay there, but that they really can't leave. And now we know that absolutely you're not going to be able to leave. Well, I wonder if, and I know that everybody's said that this was just for logistical purposes, but... The reason they didn't go to Ontario Airport is it's probably easier to get out of Ontario Airport than it is a military base. Military base. Fascinating. I bet you're right. uh, Yesterday at this time, we were talking about this uh, pretty spectacular fire at Barrington Plaza, a series of three different apartment towers there in West L.A., just west of the 405. Chris Ancarlo was on scene and watched a lot of this most of the day yesterday. Chris, what's going on? Well, today, uh, obviously a calmer scene. We're learning a little bit more just about the uh, extent of the firefight yesterday and what they're planning on doing. 
to get people back in here because, of course, everyone had to sleep somewhere else last night. The owner of the apartment building uh, putting up hotel rooms for uh, for everyone that was displaced. So you remember that guy that was on the um, ledge and he had to be rescued from the uh, ledge by an aerial ladder. We're going to hear from the firefighters that were on that ladder coming up here in just a moment, which is... Uh, I'm expecting their story to be pretty good as they had to go up there and, and grab that guy down. We did find out last night that two of, let me roll up my window as this truck is conveniently pulled up next to me, thanks. Um, but there were two people that, um, two firefighters that were actually injured in the course of the firefight. Their injury is called minor. Uh, they did go to the hospital for burn treatment, so hopefully we'll learn a little bit more about them. All said and done, there were 11 civilians and then uh, another two firefighters, or two firefighters in total, so 13 people that were injured in the course of this fire and then we also ended up with um the two of those 11 civilians were two 30 year old men that lived in the unit where the fire started it's believed and uh they had grave and critical conditions uh respectively the guy that was hanging from the windowsill we think he is one of the people that had critical he is in critical condition at the moment so we're expecting an update on their uh on their condition as well now when we were talking yesterday, the fire, at least from the outside, looked at like it was contained to just two floors. Um, but I would imagine that there's plenty of damage to other units. Did, have they said how many of the units are inhabitable? How many will have to be red tagged and closed off to people? No. Uh, what we are expecting, so Inspector, let me uh, back up here. Inspectors have been on this site throughout the day. What we expect to hear from them and to hear from fire authorities is that certain parts of this building will be reopened for people who live here, but there will be parts of the building, obviously, that continue to be shut off either because of the fire damage or because of the water damage down below. So that's another key detail that I'm hoping we get a little bit finer information on coming up at this news conference at noon uh, just to find out you know how many of these units below because you know water likes to just work its way on down and you're dumping a lot of water on that fire to cool it down um, how many of these units below are just so heavily damaged that they're not going to be occupied for a while and uh, of course there was no sprinkler system in the building we talked about that yesterday yeah has that, that picked was, any, uh, up any uh, steam or or no uh, it, it has, yeah. It picked up a lot of uh, a lot of traction. So City Councilman Mike Bond, and this is his district, pretty quickly yesterday afternoon, he sent out a series of tweets, the last of which he said he would be bringing up legislation uh, on Friday to force all of these older buildings to go ahead and install sprinklers so to, to mandate it for these buildings before the 1970s, 55 of which have so far avoided that mandate. Uh, that That's an action that has failed in the City Council repeatedly, so it'll be interesting to see if this fire has brought enough momentum to get a change but it didn't in 2013 so we'll have to see just kind of how this moves forward and you'll remember in 2013 um, there was a fire in the same exact building and there was a lawsuit several lawsuits that were settled by the property owner for a combination of the lack of sprinklers and uh, what they said were fire alarm malfunctions so the um the fact that it's the same building twice in a row, I think, probably will push this rock a little bit further up the hill. Uh, the following uh, questions are totally voluntary. You do not have to answer them if you don't choose. They're voluntary at this point only because we're trying to protect the integrity of our show and the people who work. Are we talking about coronavirus Yeah, now? Yes. you bet your ass we so are. So the first question is, have you or anyone in your immediate family or people that you live with shown any symptoms of flu or flu-like virus in the last 72 hours? Yeah, this is a complicated 
No, no, wow, it's that's not. a yes or no. That's a actually. yes. So yeah, yeah, no, I mean, like I was sick last week, and um, I, yeah, I probably shouldn't have kept working, but so I did yeah. because I had the flu shot. So I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to give anybody the flu. I did talk to a guy from Wuhan. Yeah, we last heard week, that. What the hell was right that all about? Right after got off the plane. Listen, we well, like you that know- you get to the, the the stories and you dig deep, but why are we interviewing people from Wuhan? <laughs> well, I did. First off, I didn't know he was from Wuhan. Let's let's do the math on this, right? So it's like a quarter million people land at LAX uh, or come through LAX daily, leaving and and uh, and and landing. Um, and I am sent there to do a uh, classic man on the street. Hey, uh, do you think you're going to die of the coronavirus? So go to Southwest. So- go to the Southwest terminal where you well, know there will be no Wuhan. You know, I started there. And uh, my curiosity led me further down the horseshoe until I ended up at Tom Bradley International Terminal. And I'm talking to people, and I see this one dude, and he's walking. He's actually walking past me, and he's wearing a black face mask. I'd already another talked to bad a few sign. people with, with <laughs> face masks. I know, but I'm I'm not trying to profile here. You know, I'm I'm just saying it's uh, I'm okay talk to, to anybody profile. That comes by. <laughs> when someone's wearing a mask, it's okay to profile. When you're at Tom Bradley. And you're in the international terminal, and there are flights coming in from Wuhan, and there's a gentleman wearing a mask. I think you could deduce that. Well, okay, okay. Here's the thing, though. Between 40 and 60 people before the travel restrictions went in place would land at LAX from Wuhan daily. Now, there was no direct flight from Wuhan, so you had to connect, right? Uh, so if you do the math on that, that's 0.0002% chance that I'm going to interact with somebody who has come directly from Wuhan. And imagine my surprise as I asked this guy, I'm like, hey, man, why are you wearing a mask? And uh, his response to me is, well, I'm sad to say that I'm from Wuhan and I just landed. Um, at which point I was like, Okay, A, this is going to be great radio. B, I hope this doesn't kill me. And uh, I like that. Uh, I like that. <laughs> great radio came before before death. Death. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I'm a 40 year old with a 20 year old's mind. I've thought it's- that way before running towards you know gunfire. And just being like, this is going to win in a war. Oh, that, I that mean, sound I, I, is awesome. Totally. Like, I may not survive this day, but this sound is incredible. You guys can't see him, but Chris Little has a single tear coming out of his eye right now. Well, I dedication. hope my wife is not listening right now to any of this. <laughs> we do, too. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, man. Good luck. Yeah, I'll stop sneezing. Later, guys. <laughs> Chris and Carla there. Uh, all right. When we come back, you may have seen the images from this absolute... N- Personal nightmare, a three-quarter mile long tunnel. For drug smuggling at the border. And since Steve Gregory used this to smuggle his drugs, we're going to get him on next. Gary and Shannon will continue. Another coronavirus update. No, no! This is not good. No bueno. The World Health Organization has declared the outbreak a global emergency. The number of infected people spiked more than tenfold in a week. The United Nations Health Agency making the determination today as more cases of human-to-human transmission were being reported worldwide. To date... China has more than 7,800 cases, 170 deaths. 18 other countries have cases of this. And scientists don't know how 
the virus is spreading and how severe it is. You know what makes me unhappy is that phrase, scientists don't know. (laughs) Yeah, rest easy in that. Hmm. Not possible. Your face looks like... I have a headache now. Victor just asked me if I'm showing any symptoms, and I myself and now have a headache. Where's the headache? In the front, in the back? Right back, right right in this area. Right there? Yeah, I call that the Kennedy, right there. Um, That's terrible. What? What you just said. Why? I call it the Kennedy. Yeah. Have you never seen her hair? I mean, there's just like one little cowlick right there. That's why I call it that. Steve. Oh, did you think I meant something else? Steve Gregory. Uh, used to smuggle drugs through this tunnel. <laughs> and he joins us now to talk about the longest known Southwest drug smuggling tunnel. Steve, when you were taking the H through this thing, how long did it take you to go from one end to the other? Well, given my size and girth, it took about a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do you know? Done. What with, do you know? With, with, the occasion, with the occasional rest area stop. <laughs> um, but this, I'm telling you, I can't imagine going. I mean, I don't mind going down. And as I've been a couple of those tunnels before a few years ago. And, and you, know, you go down there just for a couple of feet. And you're like, okay, I get the idea. Because it's like, it's creepy. It's dark. But this one stretches 4,309 feet. And that's a three quarters of a mile. Point eight, I think almost point eight of a mile, eight tenth of a mile, and the the one that was that they found before that that was the second longest was two thousand nine hundred sixty six. That was discovered in twenty fourteen. So they're getting more sophisticated with the uh, way they do this. They're able to do it faster, and presumably in the cloak of night. So, or I guess you can do it in the middle of the day underneath there. But at some point, you got to bring that dirt up out in the middle of the open. So, no idea when this tunnel was dug and how long it's been there. Hey, uh, any idea how they find it? I mean, are they do they have ground penetrating radar that sees anomalies, or do they just find an entrance or an exit and and go from there? You know, they won't tell us precisely how they found out, which leads me to believe they have some sort of confidential informant, most likely, and they get tips because it's such a problem down there, Gary, that they have a border tunnel task force, and all they do is work year round finding these illegal tunnels. After they got the tip sometime back in late summer of last year, uh, they they discovered the entry point on the Mexico side uh, in the northeast corner of the Tijuana International Airport. And then when they found that back in August, then they brought in their mapping crews and their survey crews and whatnot. And then they worked from there, mapping out the entire length and direction of this tunnel. And what was odd about it, is that while they're doing all this, there didn't appear to be anybody wanting to use the tunnel during this time. So they were able almost to have complete unfettered access to survey this tunnel. And they found out that it started there, the origination point there at the airport, which is kind of convenient if you think about it. If you've got, you know, drugs coming in on the runway, I suppose, on private jets or whatever. But they were able to put it in that entry point. Then the tunnel started to head north. Now, it veers off and stops in a warehouse area in, on the San Diego side, near, near the west of the, um, excuse me, east of the Otay Mesa uh, port of entry. And just east of there, it stops, and they have a lot of sandbags. But then it veers off to the left, 
and goes further uh, northwest into the San Diego area, and then it just stops. So they're not sure if they were going to continue with that direction toward the left fork, and it's not clear if the right fork that had been blocked off with sandbags had actually been used or not. Have they found any drugs or uh, arrested anyone in connection with this? No arrests. Absolutely no idea um, uh, if how long it's been used and when the last time it was used. But it was sophisticated. This thing is about 70 feet deep down from the surface. Then the tunnels in themselves, the average feet, uh, was about five and a half feet tall. Imagine that for a second. Five and a half feet tall and then two feet wide. That's about the average size of the tunnel. And it had this rail and cart system that went down, which is what led officials to conclude that it was a drug it was a massive drug moving operation had electrical drug panels down there with lights they had sump pumps to help drain the water because the tunnel went under the water table so there was water coming in and out of there quite a bit and they had a drainage system already in place they had oxygen down there so um very sophisticated they would not tell us however which cartel they think the tunnels connected to which cartel do you think it's connected to? Sinaloa. Mm. That's a very quick. I think answer. it's Sinaloa. I, I I believe it's Sinaloa. I if I had to guess based on what I know down there, and most of the tunnels are tied to the Sinaloa cartel, and um, El Chapo had a lot of use for a lot of those tunnels. So um, it's my guess, but they wouldn't. They also would not say what types of equipment they used and how their source told them about that tunnel. So I think they they believe that there might be more tunnels. Uh, I mean, certainly more tunnels in the area, but they seem to think that they're, they might be close to finding another one. Wow. All right. Uh, another quick question. Uh, again, voluntary, but have you or anyone in your immediate family or anyone you live with shown any flu-like symptoms in the last 72 hours? Um, yes. The answer is yes. I got up this morning um, with very flu-like symptoms and very uh, just, very lethargic, and um, and I'm not sure what happened until I tripped over the bottle. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you know okay. what that is? That's, that's whiskey. Excellent. That's what I'm hearing. That's not coronavirus. That's uh, that's corona. A couple of whiskey neats <laughs> on a on a Wednesday night. Love you, Steve. There you go. Thank you. Take care. Bye, guys. When we come back, we'll get into uh, all of our trending stories. We have a little bit more about the Super Bowl coming up on Sunday, of course, and then Swamp Watch next hour, checking in on the impeachment debate and what it is that made Rand Paul so mad. His hair went straight. He's always mad. He does seem like he's got a little burr angsty. Up. He's like an angsty teenager. Well, that guy tackled him off his lawnmower. Well, there's a reason. Oh. Whose side are you on? The other guys. Oh. Gary and Shannon will continue after this. Some of this, put some of this on. You need some of this. You're sneezing over there. I sneezed one time. Well, that's one time too many in this airtight studio, spreading your coronavirus all over the place. Well, you're feel feel free to hold your breath. I don't have it. I'm not showing any signs. You're the one with the signs. I don't have signs. I just have a headache and I'm sneezy. Wait. <laughs> Uh, at the bottom of this hour, we'll get into Swamp Watch. We'll talk about what's going on in D.C., specifically in the Senate chambers. Uh, 
question and answers for the senators of the legal teams, both for the president and, of course, the House managers. Next hour, Jason Nathanson is going to join us. We'll talk a little bit more about Super Bowl stuff coming up, including halftime show preparations, uh, what's going on on the sidelines as well, and just how far away will Shannon Farron be from the actual field of play? I'm sitting in Fort Lauderdale, I think. Well, that's good. I hope you're high enough that you can see over the side of the building. It's like when I went to the, the World game. Series and sat in Glendale. Oh, good memories. Good memories. What else is going on? Time for What's Happening. Well, we start with the outbreak that is going to wipe us all out. No. Calm down, everybody. However, the World Health Organization has declared the outbreak a global emergency. Because the number of cases spiked tenfold in a week. Yeah. You seem really uneasy with this. There are about 7,800 cases in China involving 170 deaths. Now, they say it took off quicker than SARS did 18 or so years ago. Uh, But the death toll is much lower than we saw with SARS. SARS wiped out, I think, 838 people. But that was all told. You know, we they, they don't even know how this thing is spreading exactly. Yeah. I mean, the fatality numbers on this one are pretty low, especially compared to SARS. But if this continues to go, uh, you know, gangbusters throughout the rest of the world, then we're going to see some problems. I think India reported its first case. And it's not like there's a lot of people in India that could be uh, infected with this thing. A declaration of a global emergency typically brings greater money and resources to this crisis, but it may also prompt governments to restrict travel like we've seen already and trade to affected countries. And you know what? At this point, we as the uh, United States, at least the government, I don't think has restricted travel. They've just said, hey, it's probably not a great idea. And then airlines themselves are the ones who are saying we're going to cut back on the number of, uh, of flights in and out of China. I'll just say this. Be careful what you're buying off Instagram. All right. Because all that stuff is coming from China. Oh, can I get some Wuhan noodles over here, please? A whole pallet of them. Uh, the president's impeachment trial appears to be in its final day of questions and answers uh, before tomorrow's expected vote on calling witnesses. One of the issues that has come up is that the chief justice of the Supreme Court, who has the the role of fielding these questions during the impeachment trial, had said he is not going to read the whistleblower's name, according to a Republican unauthorized to discuss the private conversations and granted anonymity. Apparently, the chief justice has been telling Mitch McConnell's office. Do not allow any of the senators to write the whistleblower's name or the believed name of the whistleblower onto any of these questions because uh, the chief justice will not allow it. Rand Paul has apparently done it twice already and is upset about it. He took to the uh, microphones at 1230. We'll talk more about it and specifically what it is that he has said in response to the chief justice shooting him down so far. Getting news out of Texas, a Lone Star College that has been put on lockdown. They say that students should go to the nearest room and lock the door. That is all the information that we have at this time. Lone Star College there in Houston, uh, the Houston area on lockdown. The Lakers have issued their first statement, first official statement since the death of Kobe Bryant and his daughter and seven other people in a helicopter crash. The statement simply said, we are devastated and have been forever changed by the sudden loss of Kobe Bryant and his daughter. Um, the 
the statement itself was very short. I've said this a couple of times. And as active as pro sports teams are on social media lately, it was jarring to me to know that even as of Monday, they had not posted, the Lakers had not posted anything on social media since LeBron James' um, basket to pass Kobe on the all-time scorers I think list on were, Saturday night. I think they were hurt, first of all, and second of all, waiting for Vanessa. Vanessa posted the statement last night or yesterday afternoon, and then Jeannie Buss posted, or no, and then the Lakers posted it, and then Jeannie Buss posted. So I think it was like out of a, um, they deferred to, to Vanessa to make the first that makes sense. move. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs are going to send their entire staff, family members, everybody all the way to the Super so Bowl. So are the 49ers. This is not a surprise, um, and I'm I'm happy for them, but that is a lot of people. That's a lot of people. I just saw the plane leaving San Francisco for Miami with uh, all of the 49ers office staff in there and their families. And they said they, they just wanted everybody to be there. You know, They just wanted the, the full support of the organization. Pretty cool thing for the owners to do. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. It's not like it's going to – what are they worried about the money that it costs them right. to charter a plane? They're, right. they're plenty. They're, they're doing fine. They're okay. They can cover the cost. I love the idea. Of electric vehicles. However. Sometimes they look really stupid. A Hummer as an electric vehicle. Yes, sir. GM has confirmed plans to produce an all-electric Hummer with a 1,000 horsepower ability to accelerate from 0 to 60 in three seconds. The super truck, it's called. That's Okay. The statistics on that, if they can actually make that thing go from zero to 60 in three seconds, that's ridiculous because the Hummer itself is a big vehicle. The Hummer electric version would have batteries in it, which would make it even heavier to move that amount of weight that fast. That's like watching my 600-pound life at four times the speed on your DVR. You know what I don't like about that show? I started to watch it last night. Edema? And I don't like that. But also, the attitudes of some of these people. Like, the woman that they were profiling last night, her attitude sucks. And and they have to, like, force her Uh to wash herself. And she will only do it once a month. And then she has a wife and she has a mother that she lives with. And this woman has such well, a poor attitude that she has to be, like, talked into washing herself. And she says, sometimes I start to smell. <laughs> okay. I would prefer you never watch that show again. Because I feel like you can't handle it. And it's not good for anybody. Are you? You're crying now. Great. Now she's crying. Thanks a lot, Blake. Uh, I can't watch that show. I can't. I can't do it. Here's the other thing. If you do find yourself watching that show, could you please not text my wife and tell her that you're watching that show? Because then she wants to watch that show and I can't eat dinner. (laughs) It is a good weight loss tool. Keep it to yourself. It's a slippery slope. We got a thousand bucks. We're going to give away. We we'll talk about some Super Bowl stuff. Oh, by the way, speaking of GM says that they will have a thirty-second Super Bowl ad for the Quiet Revolution. That's the all-electric Hummer that they're talking about. So, anyway, more Super Bowl stuff when we come back. And your chance at a thousand dollars. Maybe we'll see. You know it's fine. I go. 
Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The big news coronavirus-wise, it has been declared a global health emergency by the World Health Organization. Michelle just sent us a diary from a woman who's living in Wuhan, and she's chronicling her experience as the city goes quiet about what she's doing what other people are doing, what she sees, how she stays connected, what she's eating, like everything. It's fascinating. It's worth a it's worth a look. I mean, the Wuhan, I think it's about 11 million people is what I saw originally. And I don't think we have a great example of a city that size in an area that could be cut off. But but just imagine if the city of Fresno and all of its little suburbs had to be cut off from the rest of the country. Not that a lot of people would mind, in all honesty. But if Fresno had to be cut off, trying to keep people from leaving, trying to keep people from getting in, but still being able to supply those people with the stuff that they need to live. And that's not even 11 million people. All right, we got a thousand bucks to give away. Here's how you can win it. For your chance at a thousand bucks, text the nationwide keyword bank, B A N K, to 200 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's bank to 200 200. And remember, you've got to answer the phone. If you don't, your money goes away. It looks like the number will be coming from a 513 area code. Your next chance to win a thousand dollars next hour. And every hour here on KFI, 5 a.m. to 6.20, Monday through Friday. Um, the the luxury car brand Genesis, it's like the Acura, no, the Honda version of Acura. That makes okay. sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, Toyota and Lexus. Genesis is Hyundai's high-end car line, and they have a Super Bowl ad coming up. In the ad starring John Legend and Chrissy Teigen, they walk into this beautiful mansion, big fountains out in front, horse-drawn carriages, statues, sculptures, everything. There's a giant helicopter in the driveway. They have digitally edited out the helicopter for Sunday's telecast for yeah. the commercial out of sensitivity to Kobe Bryant's death. I bet. And the helicopter crashed. I would never have thought of doing that. Really? I See, I saw the Snickers ad. Where it's like a military helicopter that drops. It's really done. It's a really well done ad. Uh, the Snickers one. The whole gist is: look around. Everything sucks. Uh, men are grown men ride scooters. Um, you know, we uh, we have our all our devices spying on us at home. It's just all these things that's that are wrong with society, kind of in a tongue in cheek way. And the whole idea behind it is maybe the world needs a Snickers bar. So they take a giant Snickers bar and it's hoisted by a, like a military helicopter into the earth. And I watched that and I go, Oh, I don't know. That seems like I was sensitive to the military helicopter. I never thought about that. I just, 
And that helicopter in the Chrissy Teigen, John Legend commercial looks a lot like the helicopter that Kobe Bryant used to. Yeah, because it's a, it's a smaller one. I mean, it's not the military version of it as well, but uh, that's just, I don't know. Um, I, again, I don't think I would have, it wouldn't have raised my eyebrows had I seen it on Sunday. Uh, are you, well, you don't, you're not even going to see the commercial. So I'm worried. I already did. I already saw a bunch. Uh, the, the thing is, is they're paying so much money to get a Super Bowl ad $5.6 million for a 30 second spot during the game that people have bought these spots and then leaked them themselves because they want more play. It's brilliant. It is. I still feel like there's a certain amount of, uh, of, anticipation that then is lost because I've already seen some of them. Well, you don't need to watch them if you are looking forward to the anticipation of the ads. That's true. Isn't there enough to anticipate with a 49er victory over the Chiefs? Yeah, but I I don't know. I don't talk about it that way. What do you mean you don't talk about it that way? Well, it's not that I don't have confidence that the 49ers would win. It's just I've been burned. I know. I know. <laughs> you want to go down that lane? No, I, you're, because I know that you're going to start talking about Crabtree, aren't you? No, I'm not. I'm That's just saying, exactly what more, you were going to say. I am more confident in this team. I am more confident in Kyle Shanahan than I was of Crazy Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. I am more confident in our defense, and defense wins these games. These games are one of the trenches. Our line on both sides of the ball is better than Kansas City's line on both sides of the ball. Yes, Patrick Mahomes is the best player. He's going to be the best player out there on Sunday. But is that enough? We saw Dan Marino be the best player out there. Not enough. Right. We've seen quarterbacks be the best player where it's not enough. And they don't win the game. Um, this is me talking up the team to myself. You're talking yourself into it, yeah. Yes. I know. I get it. And I appreciate everyone for letting me have this time in therapy. And uh, letting me being gracious enough to let me have that. Um, When you're at the game, you don't get to watch the commercials. And one of the things that I hate about this is that there will be politics involved in it. And I know that the game comes the day before the Iowa caucuses Mm. and that politics will be a thing. It's uh, not out of the ordinary for, say, the president to be interviewed by whichever network is showing the game. They'll interview the president before the game. Sometimes, I don't know if that's the plan this year, um, but it has been in the past. We know that Michael Bloomberg has spent $10 million on an ad that will air during the Super Bowl, and it's all about gun violence. Apparently, he does not mention President Trump in the ad, but he spent $10 million on this thing. So we will... I mean, that's one of them. I understand that the president has also purchased uh, ad time as well, and we'll see it. It's just that that's the Super Bowl is one of those times when you don't want to be involved with it, don't want to have to be seeing politics. Right. So, oh, it is going to be Hannity that's interviewing him? Okay. So, well, and it's going to be on Fox, so that makes perfect sense. So that I don't know if he's going to ask a lot of tough questions of the president. I just don't see that happening. But, uh, you know, whatever. We're not there to watch that. We're there to watch the game. So that's the way it's going to go. Tomorrow is our first news and brews of 2020. We're going to be live at HK's Bar and Grill in Rancho Cucamonga. We'll be out there uh, from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It is uh, our first of the year, but it's also the last before the coronavirus wipes us all out. So we would love to see you on our last but first um, 
News and Brews, HK's Bar and Grill, Rancho Cucamonga, the information, how to get there, directions, all that sort of thing. KFIAM640.com. Use the keyword Gary and Shannon. Also, there are going to be specials out there. H, uh, Harold at HK's has uh, promised us they'll have some specials for us. So when you get on out there tomorrow and sit down for your lunch and a brew or a beer or a bottle of wine or a half a glass of wine, however you want to do your lunch tomorrow, we'll be glad to be there with you. And uh, more listener interaction than we've ever seen before. I think that's what we're going to see tomorrow. It's going to be fun. I'm so excited. And news and brews. And oh, news I just and went brews? somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I lost you. We have Swamp Watch when we come back. We will go live to Capitol Hill, find out where we are. It looks like this thing could be done tomorrow. Hell, we may celebrate the end of this uh, long national nightmare at News and Brews. We hope so. Well, did you hear also that they're thinking about post this John Bolton book is drawing up new articles of impeachment in the House, going for another round oh, of this boy. of this fun carousel? I'm telling you, they would 535 members of the House would be voted out if that happens. All of them. Gary and Shannon. Absolutely. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Following a bunch of stories, the uh, follow-up to the helicopter crash that killed nine people in Calabasas. We finally saw a statement from Vanessa Bryant, Kobe's wife, Gianna's mom, uh, and talked about not just the... uh, the heartache, the the loss that she has suffered, but also how she's trying to help out the families of the other people who were lost in that helicopter crash. Lakers' first home game will be tomorrow night. Uh, as of this point, the Lakers haven't said exactly what's going to happen, how they're going to memorialize Kobe, but you can imagine it's going to be pretty significant. Um, then they move on. I think Saturday night they're in Sacramento. The World Health Organization has declared the outbreak of the new virus from China an official global emergency. United Nations making the determination today as more cases are being reported worldwide. To date, China has more than 7,800 cases, 170 deaths. All right, uh, here we go. Senate trial continues. We're in the second day of questions and answers. That's where we begin Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Well, it looks like the whistleblower has made an appearance uh, by title at the impeachment (laughs) trial. Inez de la Cutera is covering this story for us on Capitol Hill. Inez, what's going on? Hey, guys. Yeah, so we are uh, starting to hear about this uh, or starting. We heard about this whistleblower starting off the day. So what happened was yesterday, uh, Kentucky Senator Rand Paul 
asked uh, John Roberts, the chief justice, to read out a question that reportedly had the whistleblower's name in it. And the chief justice uh, refused to answer that question. So we expected Rand Paul to ask that question again today, which he did. And the chief justice once again decided not to read his question. Rand Paul then, then left the room immediately. He stormed out and he tweeted out his question publicly. So that was uh, kind of an interesting moment. We uh, know that, that, you know, John Roberts here is the one in power because senators are uh, submitting their questions in writing. And then John Roberts is uh, the one who gets to read them aloud. aloud. And it seems like Roberts didn't want to name the whistleblower here. Uh, We had Democrats reacting to all of this and blasting Rand Paul. Adam Schiff this morning saying that the only reason Republicans are doing this and, and going back to the whistleblower is to satisfy the president's desire for retribution. Now, are there other questions that we know of that the that the uh, chief justice has not allowed? Uh, that I've seen, I could have missed one, but uh, that so far that's the only one. So it was again, it was last night. The Rand Paul question. Rand Paul asked his question again today, and and that question again was denied. I don't believe there have been any other questions that have been denied. So where are we with the votes when it comes to witnesses? And uh, and what happens if there is a tie? I heard that was a possibility this morning. Yeah. So the witness issue, of course, hanging over all of this, since lawmakers will be taking a vote on witnesses. It's looking like tomorrow after they debate this witness issue for four hours. And we are starting to hear from Republican leadership that they are regaining confidence that they will have the votes needed to block witnesses. You had Chuck Schumer, the minority leader, acknowledging uh, yesterday that winning enough Republican votes was unlikely. And I was actually uh, texting with a source, a Republican source this morning, who was saying that they're not worried and they feel they will have the votes, that Democrats don't have the four votes they need to be able to get witnesses to be part of the trial. And that one of the main arguments that's being made to moderate Republicans here that that, uh, Democrats are trying to convince, one of the the main arguments that Republicans are are making to those senators is that even though, you know, even if witnesses are are brought in, ultimately two-thirds of the Senate is needed to, to convict the president and remove him from office and that Democrats, the argument is that Democrats will never have the, the votes for that, so that there's really no point here in bringing witnesses. And that's that's one of the arguments that's being made right now behind closed doors, that, that let's just get this over with. Let's get the inevitable over with. Let's just quickly move to acquit the president and make this lane less painful uh, for everybody. And then as far as if there's a tie, that there's a 50-50 vote here, there are starting to be rumors as to whether uh, John Roberts, the chief justice, could be the tiebreaker vote here. Uh, Unclear if John Roberts would do that. And it's looking like one of the the arguments we're we're hearing is that John Roberts wants to appear nonpartisan. He's someone who really cares about the the court and how the the appearance of the court. And and, and he wants the court to uh, keep that, keep keep seeming like it's unbiased. And so that it it seems unlikely that John Roberts would want to weigh in here on something that is is so political. Uh, Super technical question here, because I know Congress loves to vote on taking votes. Is it two votes that they would do? Would one would to be to vote to debate witnesses and then the other vote to actually call witnesses? Or is it just one vote? I believe it's two votes because they need to figure out how the rules, what the rules are going to be 
going forward, right? You had that first uh, McConnell resolution that kind of set the terms for this first part of the trial, and now they need to figure out how the second part of the the trial is going to unfold. So uh, I believe it's two votes, and there could be more uh, depending on what kinds of of rules they want to implement. Got it. Inez de la Cotera, thank you so much. Great information. Appreciate it. Thank you. Inez is on Capitol Hill and covers this story for us. We've got a lot to get to when it comes to the the campaign trail as well. Yeah. Could multiple candidates win Iowa's caucus? The answer is yes. Also, you... it's going to be a raucous caucus. That's good. Not mine. It's in the other. It's a headline. I oh, is it? Yes. Yeah, oh. I would have taken raucous credit for that. Caucus. Raucous caucus. Wouldn't be the first. Um, I love people trying to sex up. The Iowa caucuses. I know. In any way possible. <laughs> it's cold. It's bleak. Ryan Burrow, yesterday we were talking about he's going to be there for ABC in News. In Dubuque. In Dubuque, Iowa on Super Bowl Sunday where everything is brown. Hasn't he been through enough with the Chicago Bears and Trubisky this year? Uh, it's going to be 40 degrees if he's lucky. Also, speaking of the Super Bowl, you mentioned this, that some of them are going to be political. It looks like Michael Bloomberg is rolling out a Super Bowl ad. We'll tell you what that's going to be about when we come back. Gary and Shannon will continue. KFI AM640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Jason Nathanson's going to join us at the top of the hour. We're going to talk about what we can expect coming up on uh, Sunday, Super Bowl halftime show. Already I've seen some quotes from Jennifer Lopez talking about the impact that Kobe Bryant had on her life, which yeah. I didn't know there was a connection there, but apparently there was a connection. I'm telling you, there it's, it is hard to measure the impact that he had his mentality, that Mamba mentality, had on on people. A, a, he's a, crosses over I, from sports to to entertainment to your own personal life to whatever. I had a question that I thought of yesterday. I was flipping through a bunch of stuff on uh, on Instagram, and I saw a bunch of different basketball players were writing his name, Gianna's name, Mambo or Mamba, Mamba, not Mambo, uh, on their shoes, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked yesterday about the uniform policies for the NFL and how they're so strict about what you can wear, what you can't wear. Yeah. Will they allow that? Will yes. they allow things like that? I, I, on you, their- you can write on your shoes. Okay. Yeah. That's not one of the, at least in the NFL, I know. I think the shoes are kind of an open. You're on your own. You're on your own. Um, all right. So for decades, the winner of Iowa's caucuses has been decided by a pretty complicated system of state delegate equivalents. Operates kind of like the Electoral College. But unlike the November presidential vote, Iowa's tally of popular support was never released. However, Monday night, the Iowa Democratic Party will publish two raw vote totals and the delegate numbers from caucus night. So one candidate could win one or both delegate counts, but lose the popular vote. Why would they do that? I don't know. Why would they add to that confusion? I don't know. I guess for the purposes of uh, transparency, uh, that seems like a really 
bad idea. The Democratic Party. Well, and if you're Iowa, why would you do that? Because if you've got two winners, then your power is diminished yeah. in picking the who's going to be the the candidate. I don't get that. Yeah. I mean, the, the Democratic Party four years ago shot itself in the foot the way they treated Bernie Sanders and got caught doing it. They appear to be doing something along those lines even now and can't figure this this out. Why would you? Anyway, uh, we referenced this, and I wanted to, to read it specifically for you, but uh, Inez de la Cutera was talking about the uh, question that Rand Paul, the senator from Kentucky, gave to the chief justice in the Senate impeachment trial. And the chief justice has the ability to screen some of the questions for legal purposes and apparently did not read Rand Paul's question twice because of the potential identification of the whistleblower. Now, I have a couple of names in there, and I'm not sure if I should even read them. But I will read to you. I'll, I'll, how about this? I'll say first names. If you want to find out who he's referencing, you can check it out uh, on his Twitter feed. But this is what Rand Paul wrote as his question to the House impeachment managers and the president's defense lawyers. Are you aware that House Intelligence Committee staffer Sean had a close relationship with Eric while at the National Security Council together? And are you aware and how do you respond to reports that Eric and Sean may have worked together to plot impeaching the president before there were formal House impeachment proceedings? That's the question that Rand Paul offered and that he was denied from actually asking. This was his response after the chief justice refused to ask that question. My question's not about the whistleblower. My question's about two people who are friends who work together at the National Security Council who uh, are have been overheard talking about impeaching the president years in advance of a process that then was created to get the impeachment process going. To find out more about that, we can't exclude them from testimony or from evidence. Okay. Now, for him to say that that's my question is not about the whistleblower is total BS because he uses the name of the guy who has been described in multiple outlets as the whistleblower. But his point is well taken. Why are we not asking about the people who had talked about impeachment years ago and finally had whatever they thought was going to be the nugget that was going to lead to the impeachment? Why, why those are off the table? So I, I get it. But but the chief justice has said because those full names are in there, he's not going to ask the question because the whistleblower himself or herself is still technically protected uh, from not necessarily from publicity, but at least from some sort of retribution from the government. Michael Bloomberg has a Super Bowl ad that is going to air on Sunday that touts his record on preventing gun violence. It's going to tell the story of a mother whose son was shot and killed at just 20 years old. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. It costs $11 million to run. And the president's campaign is also going to run a Super Bowl ad as well. I bet that one is going to be much lighter fare. There will be a lot more American flags, I think. In Bloomberg's ad, there's a woman who tells the emotional story of the death of her son in 2013. Then she praises Michael Bloomberg for his role in starting Moms Demand Action, a grassroots gun violence prevention group. Um, the campaign says it's going to keep highlighting the stories of gun violence survivors. They'll launch a multi-state bus tour ahead of February's National Gun Violence Survivors Week. And... 
In a statement, the former mayor said, I chose to devote the entire 60-second ad to gun safety because it matters to communities across the country and it will be a top priority for me as a president. And that her story is a powerful reminder of the urgency of this issue and the failure of, excuse me, Washington to address it. I'm, I'm getting more and more uncomfortable with Michael Bloomberg as a candidate because... Michael Bloomberg has said he is willing to spend, this is an example of it, millions and hundreds of millions of dollars on a campaign, which no one believes in. Also, that when he does not become the nominee, that he'll continue to put hundreds of millions into defeating the president. Right. Listen, you can spend your money how you want to. It's your money. You made it. But if you're talking about impacting the lives of Americans, instead of writing a check for a billion dollars to, I hate saying this, media companies and other you know places where you need to spend campaign money, why not, as we've said before, why not offer to pay off student debt, student loans, right? You know, that if, would go a lot further. I if think. an average college graduate's carrying somewhere between twenty and forty thousand dollars in college debt, pay that off. Pay yeah. off someone's car loan. Pay off someone's, uh, or, you know, offer to pay someone's first and last month's rent. The tune of a billion dollars could make could impact change so many lives, hundreds of thousands of lives. Yeah, but but you. You feel like you are the one who's going to, you know, you having that office is going to be the thing that changes the lives of 330 million people, which is not going to happen, or 100,000 people that you can impact greatly, positively, and immediately. J-Lo and Shakira plan to honor Kobe Bryant during the halftime show. We'll find all of the details when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Shannon, KFI AM640, you know, maybe we should get into this in strange science, this coronavirus diary. Uh, A woman in Wuhan has kind of chronicled what her life's been like. Here's just a a tiny blurb. Today is Chinese New Year. I've never had much interest in celebrating festivals, but now New Year feels even more irrelevant. In the morning, I saw some blood after I sneezed and I was scared. Uh, My brain was filled with worries about... I know what you're going to say. What? I was wondering if I should go out or not, but I had no fever and a good appetite, so I went out. We'll go through this. But if there's blood when you're sneezing, guys, I'm not a doctor, but Uh, that's not good. And don't go to work. Yeah, handle. He doesn't. He's not bleeding. Is he bleeding? You don't know that. He's not bleeding. Um... Speaking of what Congress is doing, I know that the Senate has been busy with the impeachment trial, but there is a uh, a subcommittee over in the House investigating dating services like Tinder and Bumble for allegedly allowing minors and sex offenders to use their services. Ew. 
So, um, oh, also in science, we'll get into the Purell thing, yes. too. Because uh, <laughs> the FDA is telling Purell to stop saying it's healthy. All right. Um, Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640 Live, everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, a couple days away from uh, Super Bowl. Uh, and I'm so excited. You have been floating for the last couple of days. I'm just so excited. I, and you know what? I'm excited that I'm excited and I'm not a ball of nerves. Because the last time they were in the Super Bowl, I was just nervous. nervous about it. Yeah. And it's like, you can't control any of that. You know who's not going to play one down on Sunday? That Me. Girl. Yes. You. Okay, I have no control. Totally out of because my control. Also, knowing you, you'll, you'll wear a boot of some kind. And that's probably not the, the most conducive to running down a grass field. I was just thinking about footwear this morning. And I think I've settled on uh, just <laughs> tennis shoes. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's just for comfort. Well, it's going to be 76 degrees, too. Oh, I don't think it's going to be that warm. You have to check that uh, that kickoff temperature. Because remember, it's going to be 630 at night in Miami, oh. so the sun will have gone down. Oh, maybe down. I will wear a boot. Yeah, it's just going to be a little bit warmer. Jason Nathanson, what are you going to wear on Sunday afternoon? Well, uh, you know, given the hot tub theme that we seem to go with here, uh, <laughs> probably Speedos, I guess. Speedos, great. All right, uh, Jason Nathanson uh, covers entertainment for ABC News and for us. Uh, what do we have coming up on Sunday for halftime? We have Shakira and we have J-Lo, and they held a news conference this afternoon, as all the acts usually do on the Thursday before the Super Bowl, to let us know a little bit about what we're going to see, and J-Lo didn't give us a whole lot. It's a lot of energy. It's very entertaining. Um, there's, it, there's heartfelt moments. And that's pretty much all they said about what we're actually going to see. But she also talked about how this is going to be an important moment for women. The two teams that are playing, right, the Chiefs and the 49ers are run by women. And then you got two women headlining the uh, halftime show. Um, so it, it's just that statement alone for me is empowering. When I think of my daughter, when I think of all the little girls of the world, to be able to have that, to see that, two Latinas, doing this at this time in this country at this time is just it's just very empowering for us and about that latino cultural impact um shakira talked a little bit about that and you know i don't know a lot of people want to stay away from politics when it comes from the super bowl but a lot of people might see this as political i think that we are the latinos are going through a difficult time in in, in the u.s right now and i think uh it's very important for us to convey a message uh, of unity and also to show what a relevant force the Latin community is in this country. So all that will be wrapped up in, you know, whatever they do as they dance around on the field during halftime, which Shannon will see there. As they dance around? Big question, because I'm not sure. uh... I don't think you understand the work that goes into the choreography involved. Listen, former Oh, I'm not trying to minimize what they're they're going to do. I know. Have you seen those hips? Yeah, I, I No one's so, lying over there. They do not lie. Uh what uh, what did uh what did JLo mean when she said that both teams are run by women? That uh, the I, I you know Shannon, I don't know. Do do you guys well, know? Are Denise they, are, are DeBartolo they... runs. I mean, you could argue Denise DeBartolo runs the 49ers even though it's her son Jed who runs the 49ers. I don't know what the Kansas City ownership is. Lamar Hunt, right? Uh. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you're at least my family, maybe. Uh, Anyway, I didn't. I didn't realize that. You're out of my field of expertise there, so I figured if if, (laughs) you know, 
saying that. There might be some truth to it. But also, Kobe Bryant, of course, came up, and Jennifer Lopez talked about how the death of Kobe Bryant has impacted her thinking about the show, and they talked a little bit about how there's going to be some kind of way to honor him, although I don't know if it's going to be just in spirit or if it will be explicit. In this week, this happening has a sound around the world of, like, we have to love each other and we have to be together and we have to support each other and we can't be so at odds all the time. And I think that's part of our our mission and our message, too. And you have to imagine that, uh, you know, the death of Kobe Bryant will be the thought of in the stadium. I, I would imagine there will be some kind of tribute or something going on there. Um, the technical aspects of halftime are, are always fascinating to me that they're able to bring in, you know, a couple hundred people to to stand around or to dance around on the field. Uh, the, the set pieces that they are able to roll in from under whatever stadium they happen to be in. The over-under on costume changes for J-Lo is 2.5. Would you take the over or the under on that? Ooh, I would think there was going to be more than that from her. That's a great question. That is a really, really good question. I, I, and I hesitate to give gambling advice on the air, uh, <laughs> but I would, I would say there's probably going to be more. Um, and I, there was also a question about the, uh, the, uh, the national anthem and Demi Lovato singing that. And I think that was at 2.05, something like that, um, which I think she can, draw, she can drag out those notes. So I think that might be a little longer as well. Hmm. All right. Who's your money on? Uh, well, I, you know, I lived in San Francisco for a while, and I actually ran the board for the Niners games while I worked at KGO Radio. So my heart is probably with the Niners. The heart doesn't matter. Um. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I I'm I'm there for the food. I, and, and, <laughs> I like that I, honesty. In all honesty, I'm putting my money on a dry rub. Yeah, I, I don't care. <laughs> as, long, as, long as, as long as I'm fed, I'm happy. Uh, and 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 I used to really enjoy the the Super Bowl commercials, but I hate the fact that all the commercials come out now before the game. And they're all spoiled. I, I like to watch I, them in real time. Yeah, I was saying that too. I was lamenting the fact that I, you, I mean, I'm I'm going to avoid them, but I, if I wanted to, could see 99 percent of them before Sunday. Yeah, I don't I, I don't like that. One other thing, by the way, one other kind of weird thing at the Super Bowl. There's been this thing where James Corden's dad shows up in, in the press conference and plays the saxophone, um, and that happened again this time. Oh. <laughs> Go. Uh, don't be fooled by the rats that I got. I'm still, I'm still Jenny from the block. It's a little low. It's a little low. You're in the wrong key. <laughs> so we can maybe expect him to show up on, on Sunday and play the saxophone. So. Jason Nathanson, thank you. Bye bye. Uh, you didn't stop me on my Robert Kraft joke, and I thank you for that. When we come back. Uh, oh, dry rub. Got it. Oh, is that what you thought? Tech Talk when we come back. Also, your chance at a thousand bucks. Gary and Shannon. KFI AM640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. The World Health Organization has declared that outbreak of the virus from China a global emergency. The number of infected people spiked more than tenfold in a week. The UN Health Agency made this determination today. 
We've got 7,800 cases in China alone, but it has spread to 16 different countries. We got about 170 deaths. We will uh, talk more about that coming up at um, the bottom of the hour. We get into our crazy science stories to tell you about, including the monarch butterflies. 20, 29,000 Western monarch butterflies are left in California. 29,000 as opposed to millions. Uh, but it's Thursdays, and Thursdays at this time we talk tech. But For first, your chance at 1000 bucks, bucks, text the nationwide yeah, keyword change c-h-a-n-g-e to 200 200 you'll get a confirmation text and info standard data and message rate supply in this nationwide contest that's change to 200 200 and remember you got to answer that phone if you don't your thousand dollars will go bye-bye looks like it's going to be coming from a 513 area code your next chance to win next hour on kfi every day here monday through friday 5 a.m to 6 20 cincinnati more like cincinnati it's time for Tech Talk. The machines are getting smarter. This is Tech Talk. Five, brought five to you three. by Skynet. Cincinnati. You know, you're going to get email from people in Cincinnati that tell you that it's beautiful there. I'll take it. All right. I'll take it. Jefferson hey. Graham writes for USA Today, and he joins us for Tech Talk today. Jefferson, thanks for taking some time for us. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Shannon, for having me. Hey, hey uh, Gary. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Uh, big game coming up on Sunday, and uh, a lot of people, I still pay for cable. I know I'm one of those people, but if you have cut cable, how in the world are you going to be able to watch the game on Sunday? There's a lot of different ways, uh, believe it or not. You Those smart TV apps that are on your Roku and Amazon and Apple will let you stream the uh, game for free in higher resolution than you're seeing on broadcast and cable and satellite. This is one of the big surprises, is if you want to see super high res of the football players, your little Amazon streaming stick and Roku streaming stick will give you ultra high definition and high di- high dynamic range. Are we talking 8K or 4K? Because, man, I'm going to need to nope. see those blades of grass. We're talking 4K, and this is really interesting. I think most people don't realize this, but the show is produced in 1080p. I hope I haven't lost all of your listeners right now, but it's not recorded in 4K. It's up-converted for whatever that means. I don't think anyone will see the difference. But if you want to see it at its best, it's actually on streaming. Interesting. Now, um, is that just a matter of the equipment that the networks are using, that Fox would be using? Because I'm sure they've got the ability to do it in 4K. They have the ability to do it in 4K, but they have chosen not to and to only make it available through these streaming sticks because there's something about having the streaming sticks connected to the Internet on a hard wire, which is what they recommend, in a, in a super fast internet connection that gets it this better picture uh what about antennas for people who want to pick up a digital signal if they're you know in the area that's available to them are those advanced to the point where it's going to be an okay thing to do the antennas are not what we remember from the rabbit ears era i I don't know I, i don't know if your listeners go back that far but um the new antennas are like thirty dollars They come with a separate tuner. You plug them into the electrical outlet and the TV, and there's a booster in there to get you signals in in the Los Angeles market. You know, I live the same time you guys do. Um, I I picked up 60 channels 
60 channels on this little tuner uh, antenna, which was amazing. Because you think, oh, it's just CBS, Fox, NBC, uh, KTLA, and KTTV, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a lot of digital channels. Now, you may not want to watch any of them, but you do get them for your 30 bucks. Jefferson, you wrote a column in USA Today this week about a cool feature with the iPhone 11 Pro using this free app called Double Take. Can you explain that? Yeah, there's this new app that just came out, and it it only works with the 11 Pro and 11 Pro Max. It lets you shoot two video shoots at the same time, two different angles. For instance, if we were in the studio right now together, I would have one of the cameras focused on you and the other focused on me. And then we could play it back, and we would have basically, uh, you know, a a side-by-side image. That's really cool. And you know what? How much the app costs? It's nothing. It's free. So anybody listening who has one of the newer iPhones should definitely check it out because it's a lot of fun. Yeah, but what's the catch? I mean, are they gonna? Is there an ad that's placed on it or a bug that you can't get rid of when you try to record that video? No catch. No catch yet. They want you to subscribe to the upgraded version, which is $15 to purchase, but you don't have to. And when I, when I interviewed them the other day, they said they had no plans to offer a paid version of this app. So I would play with it, um, even if you don't like it, just give it a try. Uh, you know, what the, I think the best use case is to do an interview, whether that's interviewing your father, your mother, your kids, uh, for a family piece, and then you've got them on camera and you on camera at the same time, and you get to switch back and forth like a TV director. If you don't want to have the, the reaction shot of you nodding your head, you can just wipe it right out. But if you want to have it in there of you asking the questions, there uh, you go. One of the other articles that you mentioned, and you actually tweeted about it earlier today, was this uh, the one that was posted today about a new text service, text now that they say is uh, a phone number, all the connections, and it's free phone calls and texts, but that one does come with a catch. Well, the catch is there's no surfing. So if, if I told you I would give you free phone service to make all the calls you want, to make all the texts you want, and you give it to your kids and you don't have to pay anything for it, you'd say, pretty good, Right. And then I say, but you can't surf the net, which means your kids can't surf the net. Now you're saying even better. <laughs> now, there's ads in the calls. doesn't bother me. I don't know why they didn't come up with this years ago. You know, it's, it, I'm fine with seeing an ad in there. It's not an audio ad. It's just a visual ad that you see on your screen while you're making a call. But if you don't want the ads, you pay $10 a month. But you're not even looking at your phone anyway, really, when you're, when you're taking a phone call. I'm not looking now. Yeah. Good point. All right. Jefferson, thank you. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having me. You bet. Jefferson Graham there again. You can uh, you can follow Jefferson on Twitter at, let me make sure I get the right ones here, at Jefferson Graham with an H in the middle of that. I mean, in the middle of Graham, not in the middle of Jeff. Never mind. Coming up next, Strange Science Coronavirus Edition. Ooh, this is going to be a good one. There is a woman in Wuhan who Ooh, is locked Wuhan. down there, and we have her diary entries about what that's been like. Gary and Shannon will continue in just a moment. And I want to feel something again. I just want to feel something again. How's it going,
Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I was just watching video of Christian McCaffrey not getting into Radio Row in Miami at Super Bowl. What? Because <laughs> he didn't have the credential on. They're just like <laughs> so tight. The security's so crazy down there. And does it, is does somebody say, I know who you are, I just can't let you in without the... Yeah, but he was like kept outside for a while. It's pretty funny. <laughs> That's great. Uh, we are following a bunch of stories. Of course, the Senate impeachment trial continues. They are still in their 16 hours of questions and answers. Tomorrow's going to be a big day because tomorrow is when it's expected that they will take votes on whether or not to call witnesses. Uh, the The one very interesting constitutional question would be, what if there's a tie? And I had not thought of that until you said that earlier today. What if there's a tie, 50-50, who breaks it? If well, it, that would be Chief Justice John Roberts. I think I think he has the option of. He has the option of, yes. But that talk about thrusting yourself into history, being the one guy who does this, and then knowing that you'd get blowback whichever way you choose, severe blowback, maybe then you get, you know, history treats you well, and in a few years they finally calm down and go, yeah, it's probably the right decision. So, strange. It would be uh, in a normal legislative question where there's a tie in the Senate. It's the vice president who would right. come in and decide it, but obviously can't do that in this situation. So. You know what else is strange? Science. Strange science. It's like weird science, but strange. That was a new way of getting into it. <laughs> Very well done. I think for the next couple of weeks, our strange science segments are going to be dominated by coronavirus. Yes. Uh, one of the issues is that scientists don't even know how this thing is spreading or why it's spreading so quickly. It's spreading faster than SARS did 18 years ago with nearly 8,000 cases in China, 170 people killed. The death rate is not what we saw with SARS, at least at not this point. SARS killed more than 800 people. Can I make a quick debut? This is not completed oh. yet, but I wanted yes. to show you what we have so far in terms of what will be the, the sounder for our coronavirus stories. I'm excited. Um, it's the instrumental version of Buster Rhymes' Wuha, because that's as close as we can get to saying Wuhan in any sort of pop culture. So it'll start with some, some music like this. And that'll go in the background. Okay. And then we'll hear stuff like this. I'm declaring a public health emergency of international concern. This is a fluid situation. <laughs> you get a cough, please leave the room. This is a class one emergency. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. I'm going to be sick. <laughs> virus detected. This potentially deadly virus was now on the loose. Oh, I love it. Is that good? You, you just put that together. You're a talented gentleman. Well, I gotta put. I gotta mix the music underneath it so that it's. Uh, that sounds anyway. right. I'm Is excited that for that. All right, good. Well, it looks like you get there's... excited about dumb things. It's not multi-tracking. Isn't dumb. <laughs> it has a place in my heart. Okay. Gu Jing lives in Wuhan, of course, Ground Zero, the Chinese city at the heart of this outbreak. And as you know, Wuhan has been under lockdown since January 23rd to try to contain that infection. It's been a week. You've got transportation shut down, many shops, businesses closed. People told you are in lockdown mode. Stay at home. So this woman, she's 29. She's a social worker and she lives on her own. And for the past week, she's kept a diary, which she has now 
shared with BBC. So the day of the lockdown was Thursday, January 23rd, and she writes, I didn't know what to do when I woke up and learned about the lockdown. I don't know what it means, how long it'll last, and what kind of preparations I should make. There are a lot of infuriating comments on social media that many patients cannot be hospitalized after the diagnosis because of a lack of places. Patients with the fever are not being properly treated. Many people are wearing masks. Friends have told me to stock up on supplies. Rice and noodles have almost sold out. What's with the with the music? Oh, I thought it would be more relaxing if there was relaxing music because this is this makes me tense. Okay, carry on. Okay. A man was buying lots of salt, and someone asked him why he was buying so much, and he said, "What if the lockdown lasts for a whole year?" She says she went to a pharmacy. It was already limiting the number of shoppers. It had already sold out of masks and alcohol disinfectant. She says, after stocking up on food, I'm still in shock. Cars and pedestrians are dwindling. The city has come to a stop all of a sudden. When will the city live again? Friday, January 24th, she writes, a silent New Year's Eve. The world is quiet. Sorry, the world is quiet. The silence is horrifying. I live alone, so I can only tell there are other human beings around from the occasional noises in the corridor. I have a lot of time to think about how to survive. I don't have any resources or connections. One of my goals is not to fall sick, so I have to make myself exercise. Food is crucial to survival, too, so I know, uh, so I have to know whether there is enough supply. The government has not said how long the lockdown will last, nor how we can carry on functioning. People are saying it might last until May. She says the pharmacy and the convenience store downstairs are closed today. Noodles are all sold out in the supermarkets, but there is some rice. I went to the market today. Bought celery, garlic shoots, eggs. After going home, I washed all my clothes, took a shower. Personal hygiene is important. I'm washing my hands 20 to 30 times a day. Going out makes me feel I'm still connected to the world. It's difficult to imagine how elderly citizens living alone and people with disabilities will get through this. And no crap. On Saturday, January 25th, Chinese New Year's, uh, New Year, she writes, Today is Chinese New Year. I never have much interest in celebrating festivals, but now New Year feels even more irrelevant. In the morning, I saw some blood after I sneezed and I was scared. Yeah, that's not good. Hello, gal. My brain was filled with worries about sickness. I was wondering if I should go out or not. But I had no fever and a good appetite, so I went out. Oh, my gosh. That's not good. What? That's not good. She said she wore two masks, even though people say it's pointless and unnecessary. I'm worried about poor quality fakes, so a double mask makes me feel safer. It's still very quiet. Let me just say also, listen, what's her name again? Gao. Gao. Gao, if you do feel a little sick or if something like, you know, blood comes out of an orifice... Throw a mask on that, just and double mask it is fine. That's fine by me. I think you got nothing to worry about by double masking. On Sunday, January 26th, she says, it's not just the city that's trapped, it's the voices of the people. Ooh. She couldn't write anything about the lockdown on social media because of censorship. She couldn't even write on WeChat. She says, internet censorship has ex- existed for a long time in China, but now it feels even more cruel. That's true. Told you. I told you. They're lying about this whole thing. 
What's this is a about eight p.m. and I think this is on the twenty seventh. She says around eight p.m. I heard the shouts of "Go Wuhan." From people's windows, the collective chanting is a form of self-empowerment. We were talking about that with Corbin Carson earlier. There are videos from this area where at night people are yelling out their windows, go Wuhan, Wuhan strong. That would just be terrible to be cut off from everything, not be able to leave the house. You know, the, all the, the food's been bought. All the you know How we prevent this? We'll wash our hands. Good, good hygiene. Yeah. That's a good place why to start. You, why are you sitting me down like a seventh grade boy? I'm not. What? You just had like some pretty intense eye contact when you were telling me the virtues of personal hygiene. How important it is to, to <laughs> like stay Shannon, clean. Sometimes our bodies are changing. No, <laughs> that's not what I said. I just meant like. And after PE, you might want to. No, no, no. No? I, I'm looking at you harshly when I say this. <laughs> if any time in the next few days. Uh-huh. You sneeze and blood comes out. You're the out. one who's sneezing over there. You stay home. I know that. Or how about this? And tell your husband to get a hotel. We don't need him coming down with this also. All right. Just to clarify, you're the one who sneezed just, today. Just to clarify, <laughs> I did one time sneeze. All right. Coming up next. Grow- I feel fine. Growing human organs in space. Uh, there is, uh, also, uh, a toilet that has been developed to reduce your toilet time to tell you about toilet time, toilet time. And oh, that's not good. Maybe that's what Purell. we should call our, our coronavirus segment. To- toilet, time? toilet time. <laughs> okay. Gary and Shannon will continue with uh, strange science. You were the rooftop in the top of mind. Everywhere on the iHeartRadio app on this Thursday, January 30th. Wrapping up the show, we're talking about strange science. The FDA is now telling the maker of Purell and other hand sanitizers, stop it. Stop claiming that your products can prevent people from catching the flu, the Ebola virus, the MRSA superbug, or the norovirus. Yeah, you can't just rub a little Purell on your hands and then go out in public and expect to be shielded from all of the disease that's going to wipe us out. Um, They took issue with the claims on the Purell website and social media accounts that said, Purell is proven to reduce absenteeism. And that Purell kills more than 99.99% of the most common germs that may cause illnesses in a healthcare setting, including MRSA. <clears throat> According to the agency, one company said, uh, are Purell hand sanitizer products effective against the flu? The FDA does not allow hand sanitizer brands to make any viral claims. But from a scientific perspective, influenza is an enveloped virus. And it said that enveloped viruses are generally easily killed and inactivated by alcohol. So they're saying that's uh, let's not get too crazy here. You can't just drink Purell and hope to be safe from the coronavirus. And well, don't and don't drink Purell. No, that was not a. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. Well, we've been unless using three D printers. Unless you're in prison, hmm? that's that's hooch. That's Pruno. 
Pruno. Yeah, but Purell makes it uh, kicks it up a notch. Three Again, don't drink Purell. Sorry. Three, 3D printers have put together what? Clothes, candy. Fake arms. And in the next decade, they say that special bioprinters could begin to build functioning human organs in space. It turns out the minimal gravity conditions in space are a much more ideal environment for building organs than all this gravity down here. Really? That if successful, space-printed organs could help to shorten transplant wait lists, even eliminate organ rejection. Researchers at the International Space Station hope to eventually assemble organs from adult human cells, including stem cells. Remember the story we did, was it last week or the week before, about them making cookies in space? They were uh, baking cookies at the International Space Station. To see how they reacted. And I said something to the effect of, why are we wasting time baking cookies at the International Space Station to see what the cookies taste like? When we could be building organs. They have printed what they say are simple pre-organ structures, mini liver models, lung-like air sacs. At the moment, though, they say most of these models struggle to stay upright. I'm assuming that means just literally gravity pulls them down and pushes them, um, you know, crushes what would be the delicate structures as they grow. With microgravity, those softer tissues would hold their shape naturally without the need for surrounding support. And that observation has driven the researchers to space in terms of uh, making these things. The other thing is they said manufacturing organs like this would be like, follow me here, cooking pancakes. The space crew first creates a custom bio-ink pancake mix. With cells sent from Earth, which they load into the syringe-like tool, and they insert a cassette into the uh, the machine that contains a bioreactor, a system that mimics the normal bodily functions, and then all of that together puts out what would be a small pre-organ structure that hopefully would, you know, between the eight, between twelve and forty-five days later, come up with uh, an actual human-like tissue that goes through there. That'd be absolutely fantastic. Speaking of toilet time. There is a new toilet out there, folks. It's sloped. <laughs> For uh, many people. You know what? I don't want to do this story. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing here? For you know, there, many there people. There are moments in the show yeah. where. Even you, know, you. Even I. Even you say yourself. <laughs> yeah, I pulled the I car over. Did I see the video of the two kangaroos fighting? <laughs> I probably did. And I didn't. I shouldn't have. No, but in this case. Uh, for many people, a toilet break at work is an excuse to sneak off and spend some time scrolling through your phone. Side note, side note. Don't take your phone to the bathroom. Two things. Don't drink Purell. And if don't you're take hiding Purell. in a bathroom, you need to change jobs. The second thing is stop with the phone in the bathroom. Sick bastards. They're saying that this standard toilet usually is, you know, perpendicular to the floor, (laughs) at least in most countries. And the sloping toilet would actually slope downwards. The the front of the bowl would be down at about a 13-degree angle. So you actually have to lean forward while you're sitting on it. (laughs) 
And they're saying that that would make you uncomfortable, <laughs> just uncomfortable enough that you would not be spending extra time on the toity. Should I change my screensaver away from 49er stuff so that it, when I come back um, next week, yeah. it doesn't trigger me into something if we lose? You could put Doug back up there with his cat. But, but you know what? I don't want to change it because what if you don't want to change it? Right. So I'm just going to leave it. You know, I had a friend who uh, had mental illness as well, who wore a Packers jersey when they played the Seahawks and chose not to wear the Packers jersey when they played the 49ers. Interesting. So let's just keep it as it is. Mm -hmm. If we have to have a session of, of, you know, talking it out. Yeah, I'm not sure what that's going to look like, in all honesty. Anything short of the coronavirus we can handle. Okay. Okay. All right. Tomorrow. News and brews. News and brews. We'll be out at HK's Bar and Grill in Rancho Cucamonga at 10 a.m. We'd love to see you out there. Grab some lunch. Grab some friends from work, perhaps, and come on out and say hi. We do not expect there to be any coronavirus. We do not expect. We do not expect All the information is on the website. Go to KFIAM640.com. Use the keywords Gary and Shannon. There will be lunch specials, maybe a beer special, a drink special, something like that out there. Harold will let us know when we get there tomorrow. We'd love it if you would stop by. Get some fried pickles in your mouth. Mm. John and Ken Show coming up next. See you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Blessings. I'll tell you what, that was pretty impressive. (laughs) Gary and Shannon. Home, where families connect and memories are made. Find your new home with PenFed, a mortgage partner who brings confidence and value to your home buying experience. They offer low rates and no lender fees and can even help you find a real estate agent through their trusted partners. Let PenFed bring you home. Visit PenFed.org slash home or call 1-800-970-7766. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.